Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington. I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Tanner. Hello, Ben. Hello, Andy. Uh, And also, we are joined by a very, very special guest. Uh, Stuart Mulrain is the host of the And Why Not podcast, where each episode he is joined by a guest to talk about a movie that they love. Hello and welcome to the show, Stu. Hello, how are you? Hello there, yeah. welcome. Thanks. Hello, I didn't, didn't mean to go a bit Obi Wan there, but uh, <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to to Horror Hangout. Glad to have you, a first timer. Yes, thanks for the invite. No problem. It's been good. At all. It's a bit long overdue. I came and joined you on, and why not last year? I yeah, lived in Scotland already. Right? Panic. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I've been enjoying you your go- episode since. What did you guys talk about? A Town Called Panic, which... Have you ever seen it, Ben? I don't think so, no. It is, you know, the Cravendale adverts that there were about 10 years or so ago with um, little (laughs) stop-motion figues. Yeah. By a a Belgian film studio. It's it's, it's a whole film that's very funny. No, you do say about it. I do kind of recognise that. No Cravendale involved? No, no Cravendale involved. Mostly just Mm. lots of bricks. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very good... It's a very good movie. Um, uh, yeah, and then so, I oh, reckon, yeah. and then I was passing on um, when Stu and team did the their movies of the year. I made my film recommendation over there. Over there, the some like it, some like it fresh. A lovely bit of French cinema, showing a bit of class there. <laughs> yeah, what a classy man! And you're looking classy today, Andy. May I, may I say, and you're your lovely chunky knit. Yeah, you know, it's gone cold again. We've had a week of mild weather, so we've had a week of mild weather. Up. Of course. Uh, what, what what can you tell us about the And Why Not podcast, then, Stu? What what 
what is what would be to ex- expect for a listener every week is it every uh, week uh no it's every other week and then okay. we take breaks every so often because i just i haven't got time life's hard <laughs> it's, yeah once it feels Podca- like a job it stops being fun podcasting is exhausting it's not the I'm podcast, and it's the editing bit. That's that's why we don't do that. That's why I made the mistake of starting to cut clips in, and then once you've gone down that rabbit hole, oh yeah, oh my god, <laughs> I can only imagine. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, basically, I get a guest on. They talk. They pick a film that they love, and then we talk about it. It's basically like two people talking in a pub. We tend to go off on tangents and mm. jump all over the place with regard to the film. Um, some people are a bit more structured with how they want to talk about it. Some people are so, just like. Eh, is it always a film that they love? It is, is that... always a film they love. Okay. Um, until so it recently... might not be a film that you love. Uh, until course. recently, I've tended to like all the films. And then we mm-hmm. did Star Wars Force Awakens. And we've got a Mighty the... Morphin Power Rangers one coming out soon as well. Star Wars the New Force Power Awakens. Rangers or original recipe Power Rangers. The, the 1995 Power Rangers movie. Oh, that's Ivanus. brilliant. Absolute classic. Right? So that was the first time I'd seen that. <laughs> Was it? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was slightly too old when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The first time, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, speaking of tangents, first time that I, as a slightly older kid, was responsible for someone younger to me going to the cinema. I took my sister, just the two of us, to see Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, Yeah, what a time. then (laughs) Then she did manage to drop an entire drink on the floor. Bless her. I absolutely, I was well into Power Rangers. It was right in my wheelhouse. It was that time, and when that movie came out, yeah. When you watch, when you watch it back, the CGI on like the animal robots and that at the end is a bit dodgy. Yeah, they um, should have done what they did in the TV series. Changed yeah. from men in suits in a cardboard city. It, it would have <laughs> aged better. <laughs> yeah, and let's not forget, as much as the people, as the Power Rangers themselves, they think it's bulk and skull that minimise any civilian casualties in that film. Yeah, always overlooked, and I'll, I've said it before, and I'll say it oh, again. Oh, they ben. do. Do they stop? They stop everybody jumping. They off stop the... everyone committing suicide. That Ivan Ooze is going to force them to leap to their doom. Um, but I, I still refuse to believe to this day that the two alternative kids were the bullies in that scenario, picking on a larger group of athletic, popular kid children. Yeah, that is strange. That is bizarre. Also, they've always got like a lunch bag which acts like the TARDIS from Doctor Who, just never at just. Never ending volume, just the things coming out. Yeah, what's going on? We've got a baguette in here. I love that joke. That is a visual gag that will never get old. Not only comedy heroes, but Balkan Skull, I think, done done dirty by by uh, by history. Done dirty. They, they by got redemption in the series, did they? I, I believe, yeah. I mean, they You're never right. became Power Rangers, but oh, that's a shame. There's still time. That is a shame. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're to- I guess we're talking about another film today from the past that we do we know and love. I'm just assuming you you love Power Rangers now, Stu. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what 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 is your relationship with the Tremors franchise? Uh, this was like Trem- the original Tremors, like a mainstay on Saturday night on BBC One. It was one that, like, one of the few horror films my dad had let me sit down and watch. I mean, it's borderline horror to be fair, but yeah. But yeah, I think because we had a shared love of the film Footloose. He was like, you can watch this Kevin Bacon film. And then we just, every time it was on on a oh. Saturday, we used to sit down and watch it and just so, loved it. So no matter what film Kevin Bacon would have been in, your dad would have allowed you to watch it. Pretty much, because, yeah. yeah. 
your dad's like, what's, years later, a Hollow Moon had come out. I guess, obviously, then you were old as well. So <laughs> See, I'd left home by then, so... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to ask his permission. I could go to the cinema and watch that one by myself. <laughs> um, yeah, Tremors, I think, for people of a certain age, I think, so you'd probably be included in this as well. How much furniture were you in trouble for jumping all over? Because that was that was the game. You play a bit of Tremors in the house. Yeah, it was it was the nineties equivalent of the floor is lava, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I mentioned that before. I think even on the choice reviews I've got to read out a little bit in, in a while, we mentioned that it's the floor is lava. Um, but yeah, genuinely, genuinely quite terrifying, you know, as well, like as a concept, I think. Yeah. Um, and we've also discussed. On the on the official Wikipedia page, there is like a cross section illustration of what one of the graboids looked like. Jesus Christ, absolutely terrifying! Absolutely grade A creature design as well, though, because I feel like it's well enough done. Obviously, it's a fictional monster, but it's well thought out enough that yeah, you know what, this is great. And like looking at the practical effects and the the models that they used in this movie for a movie that is from nineteen ninety, which much as it pains me to say, everybody. It's freaking ages ago now. That's a long time ago. It's great. It looks really good still. About 60 years ago or something like that. Yeah, don't, it's about, don't it's even about, It's about 10 years. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the 1990s <laughs> is permanently 10 years ago. And then there'll be a tweet. It's like, do you know that Cleopatra actually lived closer to now than 1990? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like whenever people are like, you know, you know, this film came out about 30 years ago. I'm like, what, a 60s movie? <laughs> yeah. My brain will not exactly. go beyond the 90s. <laughs> oh, Singing in the Rain. That's an old movie. Anything newer than that. I hate it when the tweets come out and they say like, now we are we are as close to 1980 now as like in the 80s was the 40s. And that is what is really quite terrifying. Yeah. Deeply upsetting. Turn to dust overnight. But yeah, uh, Tremors... <laughs> I've always just thought of it as land jewels, you know, and I think that's yeah. kind of, kind of my relationship with it as well. Is I really like jewels, and and I did enjoy Tremors, and I think mainstay of like Saturday night TV in the UK on BBC One. I think you're correct. Yeah, because... it is like the ultimate Saturday night movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's just like one of those monster movies with absolutely no fluff, no fat. It kind of just goes right. Here are the monsters. Is is what you got to do to survive. Uh, and then let's just play it out. And obviously a great cast as well. But obviously we will get further into into the film when we start our review. Um, first of all, though, any other business, Andy, before I go into horror news? No, you go for some horror news, Ben. Okay, so we got a couple of bits of horror news for this week, including um, critics are apparently raving about a new movie called The Outwaters. They're calling it the new Blair Witch Project. We've had loads of new Blair Witch Projects in the last 20 years, haven't we? Um, but yeah, I've been hearing some good things about this. Um, have you guys heard about the Outwaters at all? I don't know. I'm, no? I'm raving about it too, Ben. You know, I'm raving about it. Go on, rave about it. Go on, then. I can rave about it. it. Sounds incredibly exciting. Love to fucking see it if they give us a UK release date. <laughs> that is one of those things, isn't it? It's like absolutely, that... yeah. Oh, I'd love to be excited about it. What they're doing. I've heard... I've heard loads of things. It takes one of the most shocking tonal U-turns in cinema. I shall look forward to that being spoiled to me inevitably on Twitter before I have a chance to legitimately watch it. Thanks, thanks, you, business people. There's the real villain in this situation. Yeah, I mean it's a weird one that because obviously it seems to be like a low budget thing. Apparently there's some it says like like something H.P. Lovecraft may may have dreamed up. So I'm expecting some mad monsters, tentacled beasts, and things maybe. 
Um, but yeah, I've I've heard positive things about this, and it would be good to see it. But is it is it the reason we're not getting it in the UK just because it's a, a sort of independent movie and it's got I just, quite yeah, I just, low... it's it's probably got a completely legitimate reason that you know distribution's hard and people have contracts to sign all these things. But I'm Veruca Salt in this, Ben. I don't care how. I want it now. That's all <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna end up falling down a pit into a <laughs> furnace like that little girl did in that film. And the conduit tuner has spoken. Up waiting. Yeah, come on. I, I mean, if... we're suffering the same. I think there are some, there are some limited screenings and some press screenings of Infinity Pool in the UK this yeah. week, I think. But the actual release, I think, is end of next month. Come on. Yeah. In this day and age, till, till March, and yeah. In this day and age, Ben, come on. When everything is immediate and everything is so easy to pick up and, you know, what film do you want to watch? Oh, let's just find out one of the many streaming services we pay for. Uh, when things aren't available, it can be frustrating. Yeah, it take, yeah, it's it's an odd one. And it feels like it's been worse for UK distribution over the last 12 months or so, obviously. Like a broken record, Ben, I said it a few, not too long ago. We had it with Hellraiser last year. We had it with a number of things last year. Now, I've, my mind's gone blank on examples. Pearl. But- more Pearl. and more. Pearl, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is, it is frustrating, especially when you're doing a horror podcast, you know, and, and you want to be... An online, in an online world as well, where if something is, you know, if something has an impact, it is going to... You're never going to have that same impact after you've seen loads of people react to it, either one way or another. Either it's spoiled or your expectations are irreversibly influenced by everyone talking about it beforehand right i, I think... probably should have should have given you a synopsis as well um i kind of just said it was uh, four travelers encounter menacing phenomena while camping in a remote stretch of desert first of all do you want to be camping in the desert i feel like that'd be absolutely horrific when the sun comes up in the morning you're literally going to cook oh. in your in your free birth i've been i've been in fairly temperate spain and as soon as the sun comes up it's too hot to be in a tent don't want it in the <laughs> desert That'd be horrific. Yeah. I wonder what kind of phenomena it could be that, that they experience. Just high temperatures? Just Underwater worms. Underground worms, rather. Underground worms. Underground worms. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if the Outwaters was somehow a Tremors <laughs> remake? Tremors in, a fine footage Tremors reboot in disguise. I'd love that. I'll be all over that. You see um, now, Ben, again, we talked about expectations being set. I'm not sure whatever Outwaters is is going to meet that no. now. No, that's it. So just forget we ever said that. Apologies. <laughs> um, what other bits of news? Another film called Unseen, which, you know, if it isn't distributed in the UK, will remain unseen. Will remain unseen. Yeah. <laughs> will remain unseen. Um, a Blumhouse horror movie releasing in March, apparently. Um, and they've shared a synopsis and a poster. Two women form an unlikely connection when a depressed gas station clerk, Sam, receives a call from Emily, a nearly blind woman who is running from a murderous ex in the woods. There's a lot to unpack in that synopsis. Yeah. Uh, is she blind? Nearly. nearly. <laughs> what, what, are you, and you're a gas station clerk. Yeah, but I'm depressed. Right. Somebody write this down because this is absolute gold. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. And apparently <laughs> em- Emily must survive the ordeal with Sam, with Sam being her eyes from afar using video call. Okay, I should have read that bit as well. That kind of gives it a bit more of a unique thing, I guess. Oh, and that's why it's called Unseen, almost. Unseen. I'm, I don't know about you, I'm absolutely terrible at receiving any direction for anything. So if someone, you know, if someone, someone says, you just grab me that on the shelf, and I'm like, what? Uh, just to the left a bit, or over here, that's too far. 
I would be all for that scenario. Yeah, I find almost it would be less. It's more helpful if they didn't say anything and they just said, "Oh, can you grab me that?" Because when I'm trying to listen to instructions, my arm's like, "Right, they've said left. I'll do that." I'm not using my eyes anymore. I think I may have told you this before, and I apologise if I'm if I'm repeating myself. But also taking directions while driving, I'm pretty bad at mainly because my partner Charlie will rather than going next left. She'll left. point at she'll, no 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 worse than that worse than that she'll point out the most like the most minuscule detail of something and say oh yeah it's just left here by that sign which is it's like this two inch two inch by two inch sign in neon up there you know I got to look for that as well now if I can take, you say next next left take the left after the take the left of the road that bird's just flown over yeah 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 <laughs> it's exactly that it's exactly you see that caterpillar's just uh, on top of the on top of the brickwork over there. What? Yeah, yeah, just there. Turn left there. It's fine. Stressful, ever so stressful. But yeah, that's maybe a little bit of an insight into into my life and my shortcomings, unfortunately. Any more news? You ask. Um, we've got something else. Let's have a look. So also, oh, this is quite interesting. I was excited by this. Um, witches the horror comic written by uh, Scott Snyder nearly said bloody Zach didn't I uh, and illustrated by Jock is finally ready to get an adaptation and it's an Amazon animated series I think this has been like in the process of getting made into something for ages I think Amazon optioned it years ago and I thought there was going to be like a, maybe a movie maybe a TV show but now it is a Amazon animated show which is very interesting because okay. I think it's got a very specific uh, visual style. Um, yeah, super super excited for that. It's it's a it's horror. Obviously, there are witches in it. I guess there's not much else you can say. Not run of the mill witches, you wouldn't say. Which is what what's a run of the mill witch? Pointy hat, pointy hat, cauldron, cauldron, green skin, big wart yeah. in the end. Yeah, classic rock bags. Classic. <laughs> classic That's the bag. horror reboot I want. <laughs> Grot bags horror. Didn't didn't Grot bags recently pass away? But yeah, rest in peace, Grot bags. I mean, that isn't your real name. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, we it don't is. know. <laughs> Just like someone out there named Balkan Skull, Balkan Skull is not a nickname. Somebody also named Grot bags, Grot bags. Um, not much so of yeah. determinism, right? All over. You grow up as a little kid <laughs> called Grot bags, you're going to end up being a green witch. <laughs> I don't want to be. I, don't, I want to be something else. I want to be a dentist, nah, which I'm afraid. I want to be a plumber, no, nah, no. Nah, just wear this little pointy hat, get on with it. Um, <laughs> that that's pretty much it for horror news. All sort of brand new properties coming out, which is exciting as always. Love love brand new horror content. Anything else horror news wise you've seen, Andy? No, not for me, Ben. No, not a damn thing. I guess what we'll talk about next is what we've been watching. This is the part of the show, Stu, where we just kind of just chat about the last seven days, what we've been watching. It doesn't always have to be horror. It can be horror adjacent or anything in particular you want, but, you think is relevant to that. But as it's your first time, don't feel uh, limited to the last week. Um, horror <laughs> movies it? that you've watched for the last several years of your life is fine. <laughs> horror movies that you've seen in your whole life. Just list them all, right? Just I was going to say, because horror is not normally my go-to. I, uh, my most recent seven days has been re-watching the classic James Bond films, which has got some moments of horror oh. in it, particularly with like Jaws coming out of the pyramids. and yeah, The yeah. world is at stake as well, to be honest. The horror of, um, of espionage and uh, you know global events. But to be fair, it's by got... the time you get to A View to a Kill, you've got old man Roger Moore sucking the life force out of young women. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus Christ. And when he's not sucking the life Met- force out of them, he does a, big, or? does a big overhanded, big overhand punch. The best way to knock anyone out is when you do the double fist to the back. <laughs> he does this weird thing when he's kissing Bongo that it's just like it is like he's like sucking the life force out. Jesus. Gee, I was about to say that's why he's still alive today. But he's not. But he's not. Uh, no. but it's because he had yeah. to stop kissing much younger women. He had to stop kissing Bond girls. So have to, isn't it like loads of. What's the misogyny like in the early Bond movies as well? Uh, it's not great, to be fair. Rampant. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's... there's an early Sean Connery one which goes, oh, crumbs you're out in my arm. He goes, oh, break it in a minute. <laughs> Cheers, uh, That's a Roger Moore one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, Sorry, Sean. Man with a golden gun. Sean Connery a... just forced himself on women a lot. Oh Jesus! That, Isn't that? that was... I've definitely seen a clip of a Sean Connery one where he like, well, actually, it might be Roger Moore, where he says he pretty much says, "Please, the adults are talking," and the slaps her on the bum. And yeah. She... <laughs> and yeah, she... Goldfinger. <laughs> Is that Goldfinger? <laughs> yeah. And I suppose I remember that moment, but yeah. Uh, wow. They're they're not the best for. Uh treatment of female characters but are you are you going to go through and watch all of the bomb films you just yeah i've done up to the daltons and then i'm taking a break and then i'll hit the uh bronze uh, brosnans and the craigs what was the Dalton? was the daltons just 80s yeah 87 and 89 okay i quite like the dalton ones i love the daltons they're my favorites yeah he's the most murdery i would say of all the bombs it's just the most like i hate this fucking job i'm just gonna kill people <laughs> fed up <laughs> Do you, do you like did you like the Daniel Craig era there? I liked some of it. It got a bit samey after a while. The beauty yeah. of like Connery and Moore is they sort of evolved. Even Brosnan to it, I mean it evolved into batshit crazy, but the yeah. Craig ones sort of seem to stay quite stoic and they're entertaining. They're just not my go-to ones if I'm going to do a rewatch mm. or just randomly enjoy- pick one out to watch. I did enjoy we... the Pierce Brosnan era. That was kind of like when I first started discovering Bond as well. Yeah, same and, for me. And, it, and in terms of horror moments, Famke Janssen with her squeezy legs in yep. a... Is it... Is that Goldeneye? Goldeneye, yeah. Goldeneye, yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. on the top. That, ma- <laughs> that kind of made me feel some stuff. Uh... It's not a bad way to go, though, is it? Oh, no, I mean, don't if, you, if you've got to be me. murdered, I'll take that yeah. over a bowl of hat being thrown at me. Yeah, or being having my eyes poked out by Batista, <laughs> or Jaws <laughs> biting me to death. Dying, dying by bowler hat is pretty much just humiliating, you know. Yeah, I just you just be embarrassed. Please don't read this out of my in my future. Don't, <laughs> don't talk about how I died. Talk about everything I did up leading up to it. The it coroner just can't get the hat out of your head, so you have to have the, like an open <laughs> coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Why has he got a hat on? He loves hats. I never saw him in a hat ever. Well, what's he wearing it on his neck? <laughs> <laughs> it's fashion. It's fashion. Kids are weird. <laughs> if the man with the golden gun shoots you, could you use the gold embedded in your body to offset the cost of the funeral? I mean, you'd have to dig it out, wouldn't you? Interesting. Yeah. No one's ever thought of that before. I want the change from that. Especially now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this economy. He'd probably um, do better if he shot you with Lego, to be fair, but... You can't um, invoke this Bond talk without asking, so I'll put you on the spot. Who would you see as your new James Bond? This is when you reveal that it's been chosen and I haven't just been paying attention. No, they haven't chosen one yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a few different people. It depends. I kind of think they want to go for somebody fairly unknown. Mm. I think that tends to be when it works best. 
Isn't the most the most recent chat been about Aaron Taylor Johnson? Aaron Taylor Johnson yeah. was one for a bit, and there's somebody else now. Henry Cavill's been in the frame on. for a bit. I wish they'd I think done Henry Cavill about too ten old years now, ago. Yeah, Idris Elba would have been. I think a lot of the names that get thrown around, with the exception of Aaron Taylor Johnson, are all too old for it now. Have you Craig seen... hung in for so long that it aged a mm. lot of them out. Michael Fassbender would have been great, but he's too old now. Yeah. Mm. Um, have you, you you two seen Bullet Train? Yeah, I liked Bullet yeah. Train. Aaron Taylor Johnson has got a really interesting role in that, and I think it was the first when people mentioned him potentially being a new Bond. I did think of that film and his yeah. role in that, thinking it could be good. He's kind of yeah, yeah. He's he'd be a good choice, I think. There's mm. there's a couple of people. It depends what they want to go with as well. I think they need to sway a bit more back to the Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore mold. I think they've done the serious Bond, but they need to have a bit of fun with it again. Yeah, especially as the Mission Impossible films have been so much fun recently. Bring yeah, back all of your fun. old Brosnan era favourites, like Diamond Face and all of his other mates. <laughs> little, Diamond Face, little Frogman from what was his, from... what was Diamond Face's name? Was it like Diamond uh, Face? Zao. <laughs> Zao. That's right. Zao. I was a bit. I was a bit scared of Diamond Face. Um, I was. Uh, what about Madonna doing a bit of? Uh, Joust, not jousting. What's it called? Fencing. 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 Yeah. Jousting. That'd be a completely different scenario. That was kind of terrifying. In a full different suit of reasons. armor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy, have you seen anything in the last week? I know this right. has become become your favourite part well, of the show. I've just undone. Recently. I've just undone so much of my hard work, Ben, because yep. I've started acclaimed horror documentary on Shudder. I've started In Search of Darkness, and I did all of the first one. My yeah. progress on my watch list has been completely wiped out. Because I think That's I had nice. a fairly good grasp of 80s horror. You know, I'd seen your motel hells and things like that. But even so, my watch list has just spiraled out of control and has grown exponentially. And I've still got two four-plus hours of In Search of Darkness 2 and 3 to watch before I'm done. Um, so I will have completed the 80s by the time I've added them all to my list and then watched them all. But... Um, just yeah. as it as its own thing as a as a documentary. I know you've already seen it, Ben. Uh, Stu, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but um, I haven't. No, I want to see it, but it's yeah, it's good. It's really, really good. Where's it available to watch now? Because I know you have to buy it. It's on Shudder. It's on Shudder. It's on Shudder now, is it? Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Shudder for that then. There's yeah, all three really, parts really on there. All three parts are on there now. All nice. of them are like four hours plus. But all the people that you'd expect involved in it, loads of um, you know, other talking heads who are just horror horror creators, horror fans, really earnest discussion. I, the only other thing I'm thinking about it as well is having heard some people talk about some of these movies that I've watched and probably enjoyed enough. It's like when we talk about a movie here, I now feel I need to like go back, probably add a star or two to each of their ratings when now I've heard what they've gone through making them and what their inspirations yeah. were as well. Well, it's really, really good watch. So did um, you say you've only, you've only seen part one so far? I've only seen part one and the first 20 minutes of part two so far. Your watch list is going to be absolutely... I know, it's going to be yeah. absolutely in ruins. <laughs> Let me rattle through the others that I've seen. I saw Bait uh, 2019. That's the, the same makers that have done Any's Men more recently. But I, yes, yes. I just missed seeing that. It was screaming at DCA the other week and I couldn't make it. But um, So Mark Jenkin... Is it horror? Is it horror adjacent? Is it the horror of um, decline and seasonal economies in in rural communities? But it's got a pressure cooker element to it. It's quite funny in some parts as well, but Bait was good. I enjoyed it. I'll say no more about it. 
Um, then I saw Cooties, a twenty fourteen, a twenty fourteen Elijah Wood number where kids get cooties, they're horrible zombies. Uh, so comedy one, some of it like it's in that era of it isn't that long ago, but like quite fringe, edgy comedy in twenty fourteen might make you think a bit in twenty twenty three, but. Oh, um, but yeah, it's it's largely good. It's entertaining. It's got some good gore effects. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, I saw the stylist on Shudder. Um, really good, actually. So as the name would suggest, it's about a stylist, but she does does a killing. Um, and it's not like a slasher movie. You your main character is very much the the titular stylist. So you're she is the villain of the piece, but she's also your oh, main okay. character that you're following, and it's about the obsessions that she has that cause her to do these killings and her gimmick no huge spoilers it's from the very first few moments of the film is that when she has a victim she scalps them and then wears their hair in a private moment to be like she's them and she's taking on their bits of their life that she wants to see and then she has this relationship and there's someone who she really likes and she wants to help and she is preparing her hair for her wedding um it's good. I enjoyed it a lot. I shan't spoil it. It's good. Um, two more episodes of um, old GDT's Cabinet of Curiosities. I've got through the autopsy and the outside. Both great episodes. Have you both caught all of Cabinet of Curiosities? I haven't yet. It's on my watch list. Unfortunately but... not. It's both yeah, both are really good. It's got stronger and stronger, I think. So the autopsy is a slightly sci-fi angle one. It's about an autopsy of some bodies that are there. and There is some strange creatures reanimating the bodies um i really liked it i think my review was like nothing better than when a plan comes together in a movie except when one plan coming together makes another plan that someone was very sure of falling apart great really neatly done and the outside is another one about this like beauty cream i think this is the one that a lot of people are talking about from a body horror perspective it's it's hard to watch on occasions but it's good I really liked it. And then finishing off, we'll talk about Tremors, but this is, uh, I was saying to Stu just before we started, this has started a recap of the series for me, and I've also already watched Tremors 2, which nice. I feel I'd always had the opinion of. I saw it once many years ago, and I think I'd thought, oh, it's the never-as-good sequel to, to Tremors. It's actually not that bad. I It doesn't have Kevin Bacon, but does have fred ward in it um it's got um old old michael, uh, michael gross is back michael gross is back in it as well as, a, as bert the, the gun maniac it's great it's really like i um it's still really good and it's a lot of fun it's tonally still quite similar to the original tremors and it has some nice callbacks as well yeah how i many, think tremors how many, 2 how many... suffered from going straight to video and then largely mostly appearing on the sci-fi channel Yes. Which, as great as the Sci-Fi Channel was, it also, like, Sci-Fi Channel movies were questionable. And it kind of, you were like, yeah. uh, it's a Sci-Fi Channel movie, is it? I don't think I'll risk it. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many Tremors movies are there in total? Seven. Yeah, seven. Seven and a TV seven. series. Oh, wow. I was going to say... And a Kevin longer... Bacon pilot. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was reading out the Kevin Bacon pilot, so... Is that available to watch anywhere, no. or is it just behind no, closed it just doors? Was shelved and because again, I think if they put it out on like disc, people would buy it. Trevor's fans mm. would buy it. Yeah, but I guess it's like you know, 
either back or less tax yeah, reasons or there seem to be a lot of Tremors fans out there, just from the few tweets that we've kind of been putting out over the last few days. A lot of people have been interacting with them. Yeah. Um, seems like, yeah, quite a fan base that are quite passionate about the movies and uh, more movies and the future of the franchise as well. There's a really good book on Tremors by Jonathan Melville called Seeking Perfection. Can't see it coming back or anything. There we go. Oh, yeah. That looks oh, a great nice. cover it's as really well. really good. He interviewed, I think, pretty cover. much everybody but Fred Ward, I think. He was the only one he couldn't speak to. Oh, wow. So quite a definitive sort of... But Yeah, and it goes then. through all of the series up to whatever film was at at that point. Amazing. That's good. I'd like to pick that up. Because, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to look through this one, like practical effects alone. But before we get on to Tremors, I guess, um, anything else that you've seen, Ben, just to wrap up what we've been watching? Um, I thought... So I've seen two more episodes of The Last of Us, and I've seen up to episode five. Anybody else watch it? I oh, know you are, Andy. You watched last year. One I'm not. Um, I don't really like stuff involving kids. So a mm. guy at work who knew was like, "I'd leave it if I was you." So I'll yeah. probably get to it eventually. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, totally understandable. Um, Andy, so you are you up to date? Up to episode five? I'm one behind. I'll okay. catch up I this think week. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna put it out into the world so we can say it. I think a bonus episode covering the whole series once we're done is definitely something we're gonna have to do. I've right, because... said it now. I've said it now. I've got a lot to say about it. And also, yeah, I think it's worth it because from what I've seen so far up to episode five, um, as a fan of the games, it it's quite amazing like how many sort of set pieces directly from the games it recreates, but it still has its own identity as a TV show. It's not like, oh, we're just watching the game, but in a different format. It really does have its own identity. So I'm really, really pleased with where it's going so far. Um, and yeah, tragic um heart-wrenching action-packed and the horror is done really really well especially in the in the episode episode five that's just happened the horror and the reveal of a certain moment as well is 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 great so highly recommend it the only other things i've seen this week are uh scare package one and two so scare package and scare package two rad chad's revenge i enjoyed a so it's horror comedy anthology i know we've discussed it before in the show i know you've seen it andy um but yeah i think it's a great concept finish some genuine laughs in both of the films um some of the sections are like really really good and it's kind of like oh, i'd love to see a, a, a feature length of this other ones maybe a little bit more forgettable i kind of in, in there's a killer in the at the end of the first scare package i was like who is this guy because i kind of recognize his frame and demeanor and everything it's dustin rhodes aka gold dust from wwe uh <laughs> plays like a serial killer in it and i'm just like that's really cool and of course he comes back for so rad chad's revenge goes a bit more i guess what would you say all the homages to classic horror movies are more front and center like it's, it's more front and set. center i think the comedy's more over as well um yeah it's it's like, it, it's not quite scary movie territory where it's like pop culture references, but it's not too many steps behind it. Right? Yeah, I think I preferred the first one. I think the wraparound story in the second wasn't as good, but still, I think it's 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 enjoyable enough, you know, especially with with all the different ideas they're putting forward as well. So yeah, um, again, those films are both on Shudder, so you can watch both of those. Um, if that sounds up your street. The only other film I saw this week was Four Lions, which I watched yesterday because I thought it's been a few years since I've seen that. The Chris Morris um comedy satirical movie. This film is <laughs> this film is so ridiculous. 
but so so funny like i was just i was rewinding bits just to make sure i'd heard certain lines <laughs> make sure i'd heard certain lines properly um i've always kind of thought of it up there as like one of my favorite british comedies but after after a rewatch it's definitely cemented it as like probably in my top five british comedy films are you guys fans sort years ago i've not i've owned it i've just it's never one i've gone really gone back to but i, I occasionally I, see clips of it like show up people share them and that yeah it's a great uh, movie a clip a, a, that's exactly what happened to me a clip popped up on on, on one of the social media platforms and i was like i really need to rewatch that um because i think i'd only ever seen it once before i think yeah if you hadn't seen it for years you know, i'd go back and watch it because it is it is great like as a satirical thing and like it's one of those things where you're like oh can they make a comedy film about that yes 100 percent. it's not like it's it it, it it touches on so many different territories but in such a way where it's like it's impossible not to just like belly laugh at it yeah um and have you seen it no you know what it's one of those that i always meant to see then i just never did so i'll have to catch up yeah. i've not seen um the day shall come the other chris morris um feature length so I probably really do need to go and check that out, the one from 2019. So, yeah, that's next on the list, I think. But that is, that's pretty much it that apart I've seen this that, week apart from. Or watch the Tremors. <laughs> we've all watched, we've had ourselves a little bit of Tremors. So, um, Tremors is a 1990 American monster comedy horror film directed by Ron Underwood. Um, stars. Stars. That was incredibly Bristolian, sorry. Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Finn Carter, Michael Gross, uh um Reba McIntyre. Reba. Reba, apologies. Um natives of a small isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures which are killing them one by one. Um it's got seven point one on IMDB. It's got on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-eight percent critic score, seventy-five percent audience score. That is in Incredible! Yeah, that's incredible. Really, that's really really high. Three point five on Letterbox. A couple of choice choice reviews from Letterbox. We've got Jamel Bowie gives it three stars, and she says it's the Citizen Kane of redneck cinema. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Slig 001, absolutely pitch perfect monster movie. Tremors sets out its stall early, sets the rules, and introduces the main characters, and then just gets on with things. Five stars. Um, and then Thomas says, an intense game of The Floor is Lava, as we've already mentioned. Tre Tremors is an incredibly fun, charming and delightful B-movie creature horror comedy. Four stars. There we go, then. It seems like, well, based on those scores it's got across the board in INDB and Rotten Tomatoes, people do do love this film. And as I've already mentioned, the fandom as well. Do you think that's well-deserved? I do, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's a five-star masterpiece. There yeah, go. I really enjoy this as well. Like, I'm not sure what you couldn't. I don't think you could go into this movie and not enjoy it unless you were massively misunderstanding what it was about. Like, are the bad do the bad reviews go? Oh, wasn't very serious. He pretends as a stampede. That's not on. Stampedes are serious. Like, what's the <laughs> like? You know, like, I don't know how you could take it yeah. in its intended tone and not think that it isn't oh, just a lot of fun. It's a great movie. It's one of those movies that if you catch, it used to show on like ITV4 on a regular basis and you could catch it at any point and be like, oh, I'll just watch this bit. And then you, before you know it, you've watched it to the end again. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. Such, one of those movies. It goes at such a clip as well. Like I, I, 
I was looking at the time last time I was watching it. I goes, hang on, there's only 20 minutes left, but the last 20 minutes are like so much movie is in those little sections. It is because it's siege upon siege upon siege. So they find a safe space and the graboids figure out how to get to them. So they have to move on to another one. It's just a constant. That's the other great thing is they're not dumb creatures. Mm. They're figuring shit out as well. So there is the constant threat of them. Yeah. And I really like the really nice, really good cast in this. Obviously, Kevin Bacon in, I was going to say an early role. I guess 99 is an early role for Kevin Bacon, but it's post Friday the 13th and all that stuff. Yeah, it's about um, 10 years into his career, I think. Yeah, so it's not early, early, but you know, as we've discussed, 90s is I mean, longer. It, it is now. But... Yeah. <laughs> but 60 Fred years Ward, ago. Um, yeah, and like other characters as well, like lots of good character actors that you recognize from things i mean yeah. the true villain of course is bloody melvin i was gonna say you've got all a whole film full of likable characters except for melvin because fuck melvin yeah <laughs> i never wanted to see a child God's get sake, melvin. more Mel- than i have melvin help, help me out with this is melvin is nestor his dad the guy that gets no it's to some weird thing melvin's parents are off somewhere so his parents aren't even in it that's I can't same... remember if it's explored in either his expanded like gone. Wikipedia stuff or he comes back in. The he's the baddie in the series, film. He's right? In the TV series, yeah. He's even like, his parents he's like the rich fan of the land. Even his parents are sick of him. They're just like, right, we're going away for a while. Uh, stay here, I guess. They probably, like, would, they they probably put the graboids in the city. I was going to say, like, yeah, go on. They probably freed. That's the origin story I want to see. Is just Melvin's parents being like, this will get rid of them. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> literally. The kid that immediately his job is to like just piss everyone off in the town. Like he is, he is to rural America what Norman Price is to the the setting of Ponty Pandy in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking it's everyone always his fault for some reason. It's always his fault. Bloody hell, Norman um, the arsonist. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? What I quite like about this movie, so there's not really an origin, is there, in terms of like where these these guys come from, guys? Hey guys, so not, not in this one. I think is it the get... fourth one that's in the past. Do we get an origin? The story fourth then? one's in the West again. I don't know if they. I can't remember them doing an origin. I think they do leave that fairly vague. I like that though. I really do like that. Like I do. I or... think yeah. The more you know, yeah. I mean, because they could most, like easily... most things. They could have easily done like a five minute prologue where it's like I don't know toxic waste getting spilled or i don't know something anything big meat but i think that kind of just takes away we're kind of we're, we're right there with these characters um working out what the, the rules of the film are and what these creatures seem to want and how they how they operate um along with the characters so i think it's really really well done and yeah what is it like a 90 minute just over Nin- movie yeah. it's kind of yeah, super brisk 90 minutes super yeah it's really really tightly done i mean yeah even if you watch the credits lovely bit of country and western over the end as well mm. um yeah you're <laughs> right ben i don't think you need an exact origin of the story take note owner of the aliens franchise um i don't need to know exactly what these monsters are i think we learn enough about their biology and their characteristics from just in context mm. in the film don't need michael fassbender to have made him with a goo that's it. I think that like a prehistoric thing. The great thing about the third film yeah. is that they're a protected species by that point, so they can't kill them. So they sort of have to live with the graboids. Oh, what really? Yeah. So there's oh the main God. graboid of the third film and the TV series is one called El Blanco. Oh, okay. Which wow, is just a such bad. a great spin on it. It's like yeah, we got that these things that will kill us, but we can't kill it back. <laughs> 
And which one is that in, sorry? The third That's one. That's the third one. Um, back, back to perfection. Back to perfection. So Michael Gross is is like the lead in that sense. Yeah, he right? becomes like the centre of the franchise. Yeah, he's in yeah, yeah, most, he's the... is, is in all of the ones? He's in no. all of them, yeah. He's in everything but the Kevin Bacon and Ed pilot. That's why I didn't get picked up, I'm guessing. Possibly. So El Blanco is like an albino graboid. Yeah. Even rarer. Oh. Terrifying. But yeah, this film is is generally like joyous in places. Like when they were pole vaulting from boulder to boulder, like that is a that is just amazing. That is just nice the score is perfect on that as well. I, yeah. They released the score a little while ago. Um La La Land Records did it and I bought it purely for that piece of music. It's a great score anyway, but I, like, yeah. I need that bit of music. Yeah. It's just such of... a fun bit of Definitely. And that piece of music when they all like um it do it in tandem. Yeah, I was like a great little shot as well, right? Amazing, loved it. Um, but yeah, there's so much of that. I feel, I feel like throughout. Um, and it, yeah, it just keeps getting. There's never like any real downtime, is there? It just it gets it gets going really quickly. And as you mentioned, Stuart, it just goes from siege to siege to siege, but kind of like adding new elements each yeah. time. Where it's like, okay, actually, you know what? They can come through the floor now. Um, yeah, it's 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 really really good. Um, yeah, the bit where they're sussing out the buildings. Yeah, yeah, they're going like under the um... looking for the weak spots and all that. Bloody graboids! Um, so yeah, in terms of the cast, I know we've mentioned sort of everybody's in it. Um, so the lead, so got, I guess you got three leads. Are we saying? Um, I, I yeah, I mean, was it more of an uns- ensemble? It's, it's more Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. I think they're the yeah, they're the heart of the film. And then obviously you've got um, Finn. What was his name? Carter, Finn Carter, yeah, that's right. Finn Carter, yeah, as uh, Rhonda, grad student, grad student geology. Which Um, I love Kevin Bacon's list, and then his inability to hide his disappointment when she comes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What's the name of the the? the, Is it an actress that he kind of seems to base all of his? Is one of his ex girlfriends? Yeah, I did write a name down. I'll find it in a minute. I did write it down. One of his ex-girlfriends. Get then he has like it, a picture of in Tammy the... Lynn Baxter. Tammy That's Lynn it. Baxter. A proper redneck girlfriend's name. <laughs> no offense to rednecks. <laughs> no offense to rednecks. Um, yeah, so Kevin Bacon's Val, Fred Ward is Earl, and they're like these two handy men who sort of go around the town doing various tasks, taking out garbage, fixing um, what was it, like a sewage tank. Yeah, and they're uh, sick of it, right? Emptying the septic tank. Steps down. They're, they're it's when they're putting the barbed wire fence up how Kevin Bacon hits the hammer misses the nail every single time and then knocks it in in one and the way Fred Ward looks at it just kind of like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's wonderful little micro bits of cosm- uh, comedy in this film yeah just even in the opening bit where like you know you see that you know really organically done you see the relationship so Val wakes Earl up pretending there's a stampede even though they're looking they're watching over like three cows um, that are standing completely calmly, just watching them, and then they have their first of many games of rock, scissor, paper, which is how they, uh, you know, make any of the decisions that they disagree on. And that will—it's little bits like that that builds their relationship up so nicely, and will come into play for much of the film. Um, if you're establishing the rules of rock, paper, scissors, right? How do you feel their take on it? Well, mainly Val. If you lose, you get to decide. Oh, oh we we I, I lose. I guess I've got to do it. Yeah, no, 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 no. We we play we play like Fred rules at our house where 
yeah you know because usually it's like oh i'll 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 end up getting lunch today or oh sorry i'll go and do the dishes because you're both trying to be nice no i'll do it then whoever wins gets to decide who's doing it Hmm. it's the little thing like the (laughs) lighter and the cigarettes as well one's always got the other yeah that's it's not it's very cleverly put together and i'd say more so in films now Chekhov's all over everything. He's got all his, and it's more noticeable in a lot of films now that you get. I think it's nicely, subtly done with that because you know you wouldn't notice necessarily the the trade between the cigarettes and the lighter um, well, until it, it they come all comes into play. into play. I mean, it opens with Kevin Bacon peeing off the cliff edge, which yeah. comes into play later with how he does it. The stampede idea is like, I love that Fred Ward when he gets woken up crawls out on, on it still in his sleeping bag like a graboid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Falls off really the back thought, of the truck. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, so yeah, I hadn't thought about that either. Him pissing off the cliff because I thought, I mean, is that worse than just pissing on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're inviting blowback. <laughs> yeah, that's very dangerous. And you're out in the desert there. You want like you know pissy jeans? That'd be awful. Pissy jeans. Um, so yeah, I guess we could just dive into the plot. Um, from the start, so obviously we're introduced pretty quickly to to Val and and Earl as these handymen, as we've mentioned. So whereabouts are we? Nevada, isn't it? It's like yeah, um, Nevada's like a little valley perf- called Perfection. Perfection, yeah. And I think we do we do hear from some of the locals as well. They do say this that's the reason why they moved there is because it's completely out of the way, um, secluded. Um, One road in and out of town. It's no freeway, and then Val and Earl just, they're doing their handyman jobs, like you said, and they're pretty sick of it yeah the nearest town is bixby which gets mentioned obviously quite a lot um it's the yabby um, creek of perfection nevada yeah 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 exactly um and yeah pretty quickly they discover the first of the mounting up dead bodies and the first guy is edgar deems and i think they drive past <laughs> initially they drive past again that's a job I wouldn't want to do, anything to do with yeah. electricity. And they go, I'm going to recognise that jacket. And then they just think that he's, like, obviously, I guess he's, like, the town drunk. Yeah, he's just pissed yeah. up. He's uh, he's had a skimful, and he's decided to climb an electrical tower. What, for a laugh? Um, but, yeah, initially try to get his attention. And then does Val just decide he's going to climb up there and see if he's... Yeah, uh... they do rock, paper, scissors, and he loses, so he has to climb up That's to get right. him down. I feel like Val just changes the rules of how rock, paper, scissors works for his own benefit. It's only like, when he wants to do the run for true. the thing instead of... At the end, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this film does a great job of setting up the Graboids before you even see them. Yeah, yeah With Edgar being up the thing and, like, you know, why didn't he get down, that sort of thing. And then, like, the bit yeah. with old Fred, the farmer. So they take they take the the guy to the doctor who says, oh, yeah, died a, died a thirst. That'd take... Two, three days, maybe even four. I reckon it wouldn't take that long if you lived in a desert. Reckon a hard, reckon hard enough afternoon, polish you off at least enough to pass out and fall off an electrical tower. These <laughs> obviously had a good grip. Um, <laughs> he had a good grip. Um, another interesting thing, I guess, with this film is that like it pretty much takes place all entirely in daylight. I know we get like what one one kill or two kills. Um, yeah, the doc and, and like, his wife. At yeah. night time, but the rest of it just takes place during during daylight hours, which is which. How good are batteries out there though? Because those cast headlights stay on and the radio stays on. 
Oh, oh right. No. That's that's impressive. If I leave my car lights on for like five minutes, the whole thing dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah not starting cells. Wow. Um, yeah. That makes yeah. obviously that built-in obsolescence we get nowadays. Nineties cars built to last. Yeah. So yeah, so obviously the doctor determines that he died of dehydration. And then yeah, I guess we're trying to work out that he was too afraid to come down. Did, does anyone even say too afraid of what? Yeah, they say like know. what what kept him up there, and they said, "Oh, did someone chase him up there?" I said, "Well, what someone that's not scared of a rifle that you had up there with him?" I said, "Oh yeah. yeah." And then what do they do? They just camp at the bottom and wait for him to just die. Yeah, because yeah, they don't figure it out until they're trapped on the rock, do they? No. So they're like, oh, "Okay, so it's kind of a mystery," and they don't they don't know. I think they're still set to leave town at this point. But then we see old Fred. Just a classic... they, they keep tempting fate, don't they? It's like nothing's going to get in our way now. Then they find Edgar up the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. And now this we're... time, then they find old Fred. Then the next time, like, we well, can't be everybody else between here and there is dead. Yeah. So they're gone. But yeah, so they go and see old Fred's the next one we see, right? So he's there. He's uh, he's doing some hoeing in like his in like his dust farm. Um, he's got some cows, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> Oh, it's sheep! It's sheep are getting yeah, all, it's sheep <laughs> yeah. are getting slurped off. Um, and then again, we don't see this happen on screen. We just see Val and Earl. They rock up. They see the mess. They call in, looking for old Fred. And then I, this is one of the bits that I remember to this day, seeing this as a kid and thinking, "Ah, oh, watching this horror movie." When they find the hat in the little little ring of oh, yeah. loose earth, and they pick it up, and there's a man's face like. I just it's love the head just in the love... boat in Jaws, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the equivalent I, of that. I love um, Kevin, uh, Kevin Bacon as Val's reactions each yeah. time because they're just so real. Just like, oh fuck, what's going on? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then he's disgusted that he has like a hat that was over a dead body. He's just reacting like we all would in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all the sheep obviously got mulched up as well. Yeah, they've all been absolutely gibbed up, and then they they drive past some road workers. Cheeky little bit of like I don't know when I ever read this. Must have been like an IMDb years ago. Little bit of trivia: one of the first first people we see die on screen, not just cut away, is um, this road worker here who are doing two road workers that are doing the drilling. His name is Carmine, which is a shade of red, which apparently is something they chose as a nod to the old original Star Trek series where someone in a red shirt would be one of the first people you see get killed when they go on a little uh, adventure. So, yes. so what happens? He's he's kind of drilling, isn't he? And he hits, hits yeah, the graboid. Um, Earl and Val drive by and Earl's hanging out the window saying there's like a serial killer on the loose cutting people's heads off. Like, oh, I'm yeah. not joking. It's like, he's winding us up. He <laughs> carries on so, uh, Suspicious. Someone who was joking would claim they weren't joking. Uh, I don't believe it. Keep drilling. And then we get that really good Foley work on this. Like there's like a, <laughs> and then like this, yeah. Uh, and then like this blood oozes out. And then he um, gets dragged off. Um, and this is good because it is a little bit of variation in the way that people are dying as well. So this guy obviously gets dragged off. Um, we don't necessarily see what happens to him, do we? But no, he just disappears. He goes disappears. up and disappears down in. But his buddy runs after him, and then there's like uh, loads of rocks fall from the top of the little hill there and just crush him. But again, I like that because there's some good variation in the kill bit, as well. Bit of variation, but up. like you know, when you're when you're looking at this and when they're 
when the time comes for the film to end and they're burying their dead, that other man's family would be like, oh, it must have been a memorable but notable death that he got killed by these monsters that no one's seen for hundreds yeah. of years. Oh, no, no, not him. He actually just got bashed with some rocks. <laughs> what? He just got bashed with some rocks. Yeah, if you're going to... It's disappointing, isn't it? Oh, he got killed by the Graboids, did he? No, he's not. Everyone everyone else in this town, yeah, stuff. killed by the Graboids. No, he did just get... Uh, At least it wasn't pulled through a tyre, though. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't that's that's got to be the weak-ass way to go. Yeah. Although that making a poor choice, stupid Nesta. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, that's true. But he did get rocked. Everyone, <laughs> not Forget his family would be like, were the Graboids responsible for the rocks falling? Can't be sure, <laughs> but um, <laughs> just can't be sure. But uh, that, that rock's like, insurance claims, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the graboids, you know, that would have been covered, but technically, a rock slide would be an act of God, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but the rock slide does also serve to now block the road because yeah. that's happened mm. as soon as Val and Earl have gone back, they go back to the store where everyone, um where everyone is hanging out. Oh, but they get... Oh, that's later that they get... Because they go back to the store, they talk about the murders and finding old Fred's head um, and agree to leave town. I think Melvin has fucks them off for the second time already. Like, he already was winding up while they were playing with the sewage tank. Um, he winds oh, them up yeah. some more. So, so when they're doing the sewage tank, they say to Melvin, uh, can you cook them and help us? Seeing as most of this shit is yours. Doesn't he say like, "Go get me a six pack"? Yeah, give yeah. me the money. Go get me a six pack, Melvin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, just gonna batter you, mate. See, they don't just get covered in shit; they get covered in Melvin shit. Oh man, oh. if I the was... fact when you see Melvin with his basketball, he's throwing it against the windscreen of a car as well. Like, you little fucking Melvin. Yeah. Like <laughs> to be fair, if I if I'd been Val or Earl when this accident happened with the septic tank and I got covered in shit. I would just go and grip onto Melvin as hard as I could. I'd be putting my fingers in his mouth and everything. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I would absolutely own that kid. Oh, yeah, laughing, are you? Well, what about this? <laughs> yeah, so listen, put, Melvin. Just put, put him in the septic tank, I think. <laughs> go, go lie in his bed. <laughs> yeah, literally just run all the way through his house. Like a distressed cat, run into his house, roll around everywhere. Um... Yeah, I'd teach that kid a lesson about escalating things. <laughs> um, Shit, Melvin, literally. Yeah, so, so, they, so they go back, um, find the road is blocked, but notable moment here, as they pull away, their car stalls. Um, just give it a bit more juice, doesn't it? And they uh, get away. When they get back to the, ha- the the shop, horrible little snake monster at the on the axle. Yeah. So it's obviously tried to grab the car. Um, I guess which we... they sell to Chang for fifteen dollars. <laughs> fifteen dollars. Well, he start... does it start off as five dollars, and then they say twenty, and then fifteen. Yeah. I mean, inflation money—that's probably what I mean. Especially exchange rate he... these days for about two hundred quid. Now, what's he going to do? What's he going to do with it? I know Melvin like poses with it, and they start taking photos. Well, yeah, he starts charging people for photos with it, doesn't he? Because you've got Mindy's mother forcing Mindy to have a picture with it. Which is if that girl didn't suffer enough, she has to go up against dinosaurs in Jurassic Park in three years' time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Did uh did he make his money back like pretty much immediately? Yeah. He did. I think he made a profit because I think that's why they were kicking themselves for selling it for only fifteen. That's why he's he's the owner of a store in this town. He's just he's got it down. He's got a good business model. Yeah. 
Although, to be fair, he's not going to get much repeat custom because once the dozen people that live in the town have all <laughs> had their true. picture done with the snake, then many people are coming through. In a different place, different backdrop. Mix it uh, up. Put like a little Santa hat on it at Christmas. <laughs> he's not even getting the right bullets in for Bert. So, I mean, he's going to lose his custom if he's not careful. Oh, yeah, of course. Bert, he doesn't absolute... just want hollow points. He wants hydro. Not like, and yeah. I was like, I'm lost. Yeah. How do you order bullets into the local store? Is it like when you wanted a magazine and a newsagent when you were a kid and you went, excuse me, could I set up uh, some sort of standard order for this? It's like going to, yeah, it's like going to Waterstones if you get an ISBN for your bullets. Okay, I see. So it's the B in ISBN for bullets stands for bullets, not book. Oh, yeah. They do kind of make fun of um, Bert for being a bit of a conspiracy theorist and like, what what do you call, is it a prepper you call it? Prepper, yeah. Yeah, because that's his whole thing, isn't it? That all the things he prepped for, and he's like, underground goddamn monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I've got a place of food for two weeks. Uh, five like years. He's five years food. worth of food, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, God, sorry. Water, yeah. a bomb shelter. <laughs> goddamn monsters. Yeah. I, thought, I thought they were 100% ready to be eaten as well. I did not think... I mean, I knew that Bert was in the other movie, so I probably did know. But I think for anyone who wasn't what who hadn't seen them, you'd think that the gun-toting conspiracy theorists were definitely going to get yeah. Raboy did. Um, I mean, the real real life horrors. I mean, spoilers for the later series, and I don't know if they get back together. But as of Tremors two, Bert and Heather have um have broken up. Ben, you what? Is that the is it because because of the stress? The trauma. They seem so happy. Uh, it, it's because they couldn't get Reba McIntyre back for the second one. <laughs> yeah. uh... um, aside from that, the the story reason they cite is that following the fall of the Soviet Union, Heather feels <laughs> that Bert takes it too hard that they're not under a such an immediate threat of there being a world war. So, yeah. uh, so they drift apart as a result. That's the great thing about those two. They're in their element in this film. Yeah. The yeah. looks they give each other when they're like, you know, we're like, you know, in the middle of a smorgasbord of this thing. They're like, this is yeah. what we fucking lived our lives for. When they turn, when they turn to like the wall of guns. See, just, I'm not a gun guy, but I do love that little rec room they've got. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a gun guy at all, but it's no. like I'm not a tool guy either. But you know, when you see somebody with their tools all nicely laid out on a wall, you're like, oh, it's like I can see, I can see the appeal. I, I appreciate organization. Yeah. 100%. Also, I feel of all the people that could have loads of guns. Big underground monsters aside, living in the desert and stuff, probably the best place for it. That's why yeah. they're out there, isn't it? So the government yeah. aren't checking up on them. <laughs> yeah, they can have the little bunker there, but that all comes later. For now, they're doing their they're doing the photos with the graboid. Is this when they go and find? Um, is this now when they go out and find Rhonda? Uh, no. Um... Bert and Heather are going to go off and find Rhonda, and Val and Earl are going to go to Bixby on horseback. That's and it. And go past the Doc's place and let them know. Mm-hmm. And that's how they discover it. And then Rhonda finds them eventually in the desert, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah so we've seen... We, we've missed it, but it, it happened at some point. So the Doc... Um, again, re- so many memorable scenes. I remember this scene from being a kid as well. Yeah. The Doc and his wife are... Um, Camp, they're, they're in the middle of building a house. They're doing a self-build in the desert, right? Um, they're just out camping out there, and then the generator gets slurped off but spat back out. Um, the dock disappears into the sand, and you have the bit where 
So I've sort of digging in the sand looking for him and he's just gone. This is such a well-written film that even characters that you spend minutes with, you kind of feel for them and you kind of... Oh, you feel that death. And it's not done in a nasty yeah. way, but you generally feel for those characters. You know everything you need to know about him in that short scene. Like, you know, he's had a hard Definitely. day building the house. It's like the breeze box are in, so they've got to go pick those. And it's like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> so close to finishing. And the um, whole thing about look up at the stars, and that's pretty much the last thing she sees before she gets sucked underground. And a good bit, right? Like Tragic. the terrifying when when the dog's wife jumps into the car and she closes the door behind behind her, the little snake tongues like against the glass of the yeah. windscreen and it's, so on. When she realizes that he had the keys. Yeah. As yeah. well. It's just a, again, lovely little bit of micro acting. Mm. And you're right, you absolutely nailed it in that for such minor characters that we only know their name from incidental dialogue and we've seen them before we have the scene where they die. What, they were in it for like a have a scene for less than a minute maybe when they met yeah. them and found out mm. that why that guy had dehydrated. It's um really well done. I've seen films that have probably received a lot more critical attention uh, that aren't this tightly done and I don't care about these things. Yeah, see, I'd argue they're the death you feel the most. Like I say, because they're building a house as well, you know, they're building a life. And even though they're an older couple, you kind of like, mm. you know, they've got a life ahead of them, they've got this plan and it just never happens. Yeah. And, and you feel it. It's like Chang as well, but Chang's a little bit. Yeah. I remember feeling bad for poor old Chang. Isn't he also Grandpa from Three Ninjas? Christ, that's a pulp. <laughs> pretty sure he is Victor Wong isn't it See, I've seen three so ninjas in, a lot <laughs> so he's in um, Prince of Darkness isn't he he is he's, he's in Big this... Trouble as well isn't he in Little China he is yeah he's in Big Trouble he's <laughs> in the, the, the Golden Child he's in, Golden he's in Big Trouble isn't he oh no his old tweets have surfaced <laughs> sorry Victor <laughs> oh wow oh no he, he died he died in 2001 Oh, September the 12th 2001 Bloody hell. One day, one day later. No wonder we didn't hear about it. It's like overshadowed by the news. Um... <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah, so they're going to they're going to uh, Bixby on horseback, um, and that is when they discover the doc and his wife's buried station wagon. Which is they hear the music thing. still, right? And they dig up and yeah. they just see the the headlights. Mm. Um, but we don't see their bodies, do we? They've obviously just been slurped off into the... Yeah, no, you just see the car. Which, again, again the glass don't... breaking as the sand pours into the car, that's just another element of, like, if they don't get you, you're going to suffocate underground. <laughs> yeah. You try so hard to suffocate as fast as you could, couldn't you? Yeah. <sighs> Use all your air immediately, so you don't have to get chomped on by by graboids. Currently unnamed monster. No, they've just got a name. Yeah. So I think this is the first, like, reveal of the big actual graboid because obviously we've seen the worms the individual worms um but it does turn out that they are just the tongues essentially of the graboid aren't they yeah because up to now you've had this nice jaws evil dead kind of pov move above yeah. ground kind of things done really well as well like i say again them setting them up is so well done in this film yeah yeah love the sort of steady cam along the ground um, movement that we get, unless they did what an Evil Dead method, like this room in Search of Darkness, trademark. Um, <laughs> like they did it on Evil Dead, like literally steady cams. They couldn't afford ones. They just had camera on a plank of wood, but and two people just ran along with it. 
Nice. Or yeah, or like in uh, the little um, bad dolly scene from um, Trilogy of Terror, just putting a uh, putting a camera on a skateboard and just pushing yeah. it along after the actors. Um, yeah, okay. it's a great. It's a great. It 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 feels like this one probably is done with a steady cam. It looks. It's slightly higher off the ground than it is well made, and the film has a bit of budget behind it. But um, it's later when it goes from above ground to underground yeah. through the dirt. That's really such good. a great oh, yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Yeah. But well, yeah, we see uh, them come along, and this is where we see there's a big monster with the tongs attached to it. Valinor run away, and um, lose their guns. <laughs> Yeah, and the horses. Which I, I love that thing where they're like, you know, yeah, I'll take the shotgun. So he's got the little. So then Heather gives him his better, uh, better rifle. Exactly. Kevin Bake, look at Kevin Bacon's face. Fuck. Yeah, you want to take this? Um, yeah, it's so good. The relationship between those two is great. But yeah, they're running, and they reach. Is this? Is this like a drainage ditch or? Yeah, it's like an aqueduct or something, isn't it? It's, I'm not sure what it is or why they couldn't follow that. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, far it runs. Run. Yeah, but they they try to jump over it. They don't make it. Um, but then we do get a horse death scene as well. You know, it's a bit never ending yeah. story, right? In terms of the <laughs> yeah, one, one runs away from. and one yeah yeah one runs away. One gets one gets got, and then the graboid basically pile drives itself into the concrete and is it smashes through but not out and kills itself basically by hitting this wall of concrete. Again, the way that mu- mucusy blood sort of starts pouring out of the hole. Yeah. I love that when Kevin Bacon digs it out, he's got that tiny little shovel. Yeah, the tiny little <laughs> spade. Yeah, this giant graboid with his tiny little spade. And they're huge. You see, this is when you see one in full. They dig it out. The Rhonda turns up at the other side of the ditch and meets them, and they. We have we basically cut away and see that they've much we mentioned that's a seismologist. Yeah. She has sensors all over the valley and realizes there must be at least another three. And then one of them turns up, traps the poor buggers on a rock. Yeah. So obviously we've already established um Rhonda, haven't we? Um she yeah. already met the characters early on. Um and this is the thing, we're kind of supposed to think that Val is kind of just not interested he's obviously got a certain type and i kind of like the fact that their relationship and their attraction sort of grows as they both go through this um traumatic situation together it feels natural and earned as well it doesn't feel like it was forced yeah because you get with some films in some monster movies it almost establishes these relationships first so you're supposed to feel something when one of them gets killed or you know or one of them's in peril. Um, but with this, it's much more, yeah, it feels it feels earned. You're right. It's, yeah, you get the small moments like, you know, she wakes up and he's put his coat around her. And then later on when he's cleaning her wounds after the barbed yeah. wire incident. And just the little it's, looks they give each other. Yeah, like what the look he gives her when they wake up and he realizes that she's like yeah. close to him. Um, yeah, bless them. But yeah, essentially she, she explains that there's another one of them here. Um, and that is when they get trapped overnight on this cluster of rocks, um, near one of the worms. And they realize how that's how the other guy had dehydrated because they don't leave. If they know you're yeah. on there, they can hear you through the like the boulders conduct the sound very well. So they, they know they're there and they will just hang out until you've had to come off and they've got you or you've died. Yeah, Jesus. And then no one wins if you die. Graboids. 
Yeah, you yeah, think of, if you let them get away, yeah, you could perhaps eat them another time. They're not obviously thinking that far ahead. They are mm-hmm. like, like Earl could criticize them in the same way. There they are on Monday. He's already thinking a Wednesday grab, or it's not. Mm. Exactly. Um, I, so when they wake I, up in the morning, that is when they develop an idea to essentially get away, right? Some handily positioned poles. Handily yeah. positioned poles, and luckily, all of the boulders are the perfect distance, equidistant, so you could do a lovely pole vault over them, which is what they do. Um, Rhonda leads the way. Such a great scene, though. It's so good. It's so it's so well framed up. It's so nice to I, watch. I love the way Fred Ward goes and falls straight back. I love Kevin yeah. Bacon's cocky little look to either side where he spits at his palms of his hands and then goes for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the one-upmanship of those two all the time. It's such a great little relationship. A good got. relationship between them. You're right. I mean, question for you: How how confident would either of you be pole vaulting across residual boulders? Oh Jesus! So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd have died at that point. <laughs> Already died. Um, I give it a good go, but I reckon I could have. I would have done something like uh, like Fred. No, sorry, Earl did, where he kind of like went halfway and then went oops, yeah. backwards. <laughs> Land on his arse. Um, but yeah, he, he muddles through. That's probably what I would have done. Test I probably would have dropped, I'd dropped the pole, I reckon. Did you, did, you, did you have a go of pole vaulting when you were at school? Then we even <laughs> got a go. Yeah. We had like, with what? some of the track and field stuff that we had like a day when you did a bit of it, like, you know, one P lesson out of entirety of high school, we had to go at high jump. <laughs> And then I'm one day, they, and then one day we got the hurdles out. Oh yeah, but you only had one go at every one of those sports, and then, and then <laughs> the remainder of the five years, right? You've had one week of that. We got the trampoline out one week. Oh, the yeah, rest of it, you got to play cricket, football, or, or inside badminton. That's it. The horse box, you can practice your gate bolt. That's it. Just the one, <laughs> just the one time of that, though. Never again. That's because it's that... a lot of work to get all that shit out. It's yeah, easy to just make you play rugby, isn't it? It's true. Just leave it out then. Or oh, oh, the rope that you've got to like, climb all the way to the top of the ceiling in the gymnasium. You ever do that? No, no. never never yeah. done it. I can get rope as, get as high, all the way back get, down. Get as high as I could jump, hold myself that high on the rope for a little while, and then get down. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because again, I don't know, if, is it just me? I don't think anyone ever taught you anything in PE. It was just a thing that you have did. Have a go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah just, just have a go. Just do this PE for a bit, will you? All right. Yeah. Can you teach me some of the techniques or rules of this sport? Nah, pretend they're a, I'm interested they're in the kids graboids. that already know. <laughs> just pretend there are graboids on the floor, right? See, that would have made yeah. PE more exciting, though. It's not like, right, we're playing graboids today. You've got to leap from ear to ear. That'd oh, be yeah, so much it. better. Set up oh, loads yeah. of things, increasingly difficult to reach across. Oh, that, that bench... That's that's a bit further, and we we turned this one upside down. So you've got the narrow edge to balance across. <laughs> Normalize graboids as a uh, as a game yeah, in PE. That's, that's getting the agility of today. getting the agility up of new generations. Forget- Everyone would be able to just do Ninja Warrior instantly by the time they're adults. <laughs> They've been doing that since they're six. I think we're on the political platform. We're going to stand on, lads. Yeah, <laughs> there it. we go. Legal <laughs> graboids based sports training. Imagine the Olympic Hall. That Netflix show called Floor is Lava, which is a, is actually a thing. If a Netflix show came out called called Watch Out There Are Graboids, I'd watch that every day of the week. It's what the Kevin Bacon pilot should have been. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the mistake he made. Real graboids as well, so that if people fuck up, then they do get killed. And I think with with technology now, with AR and so on, you could do so much, you know, probably cheaper to make than flooding a, a set with, with guns that's disguised <laughs> as lava. Definitely. Ever so um, wasteful. What are you doing with that? No one's drinking it. Um, so they managed to pole vault across all the boulders um, and then they make a run for it, don't they? And this is impressive because they all jump in the truck and Rhonda like pulls away with her, like, drives the car just with her hands, like hand she, on the accelerator. It's, it's, it's when they've got away and they're celebrating. She's like, uh, can somebody give me a hand? Like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> is, that oh, when Val, is that when Val knows that she must be a keeper? She can drive drive yeah. a car while basically so. legs are out of the back of the cab reaching yeah. down probably doing the steering wheel with her teeth we can't see her <laughs> just showing off <laughs> yeah i'll drive impressive. all the way just tell her the way to to the shop <laughs> um yeah they arrive at the shop and this is probably like we're approaching an hour into a you know 90 minute film here this last mm. half hour now is just absolute blitzkrieg because they they're not at the I mean, Melvin only manages to fuck him off once or twice um, before they're actually Melvin. under, under before full scene. shit scared out of him. Yeah. And yeah. losing his basketball. <laughs> so they return to the town, don't they? And the worms pretty much attack straight off the bat, coming through the floor of the store, right? How does Chang die again? The Chang fridge, dies because the, the Pepsi off, fridge right? goes off, which if Val and Earl had fixed it earlier when they were there instead of putting it off to oh, do the job no. they were supposed to do that day, Chang wouldn't have died because it wouldn't have gone off. Oh, no, I didn't even notice that. It's their fault. Oh, their, their whole thing about, you know, we don't do anything. Well, we plan for the future so we don't have to do anything today. Earl yeah. explained it to me. Oh, my God. Do they even recognise that, that it's their fault? They don't, do they? See, no. ignorance. Absolute ignorance. It's, again, it's just one of those nice little details that nobody ever actually goes into upon repeat viewing. You sort of start to realise that oh, they'd have just fixed that at the beginning when he asked. Yeah. Oh, that's really clever. I wonder if that was a... It wouldn't have gone off and that wouldn't have attracted the Graboids to the shop. I mean, bearing in mind that the fridge was faulty, is that a Pepsi sponsorship or have the good folks at Coca-Cola actually put that in? Yeah, the fridge <laughs> that goes up and gets a man killed. Yeah. Make it a Pepsi fridge, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Have a you double. <laughs> We can have a Coke. Is Pepsi all right? No, it's not, actually. It's not actually it's yuck. <laughs> yuck. Disgusting. This lukewarm Pepsi. This is a desert, you understand. <laughs> Pepsi killed Chang. No. <laughs> yeah. Pepsi, babe. Pepsi body counts him straight away. So, yeah, they get they get Chang and then um, they knock everyone's climbing up on the shelves to get towards the... Um, you know, to get up to the top. To get onto the roof, yeah. yeah. Ronda's on the shelves. Yeah. And that, that whole scene is so well done. Yeah. So and you it, know the... where everybody is. Yeah. Even like everybody else who's not in the shop, you're aware of the positions of everybody. And we have all the people really... there. Like you get characters like Miguel, who is just a man that lives there that's permanently at the shop. Like Loki brilliance is Miguel, and Nesta that's been Absolutely aggravating everyone by basically I talking about these monsters. Oh, he's so frustrated. It's probably why I thought he was Melvin's dad. Because <laughs> he was like, oh, well, let's see how scary this massive monster is. And I bash it with a pickaxe. Yeah. Like, They're under the ground, you dickhead. And then he sits there <laughs> in silence for like, you know, 
a good thing. Oh, he's a chainsaw. No, <laughs> just and then Kevin Bacon has that little blow up where he's like, "Look, this is the map. This is a uh, Edgar's. This is old Fred's. This is the docks. They're all like, coming." Explain it to it, and then that's when Chang goes, "Graboids." <laughs> yeah, so, Kevin Bacon's like, oh, these guys' sake. And he has like a moment. He's like, "Oh, we're going to be really." And he comes back again. Like Chang gets mentioned in the second one when they're talking about the names of the monsters. So like they ate him, and they, that's they named them the one the name that he chose. He's like, "Oh, you'll be sorry if you don't give them a name." Um, yeah, and that's how his name gets to stick. Like, there's a lot of love for these characters that we only ever see when they're on screen. They have all sorts of lives that are just alluded to just enough, but we never see half of them off doing their own thing. I feel like yeah. in a film now even we would end up spending more time with a lot of these people which is not necessary yeah the yeah. first hour would be like seeing mindy's mum making pottery or whatever it is she does yeah. melvin's parents going off and leaving him nesta doing whatever nesta does <laughs> putting that tire down and saying that tire's pretty high off the ground <laughs> I need to... um yeah you would see those things you would see mindy start doing her pogo stick from one so we would know that she's on 600 and whatever when we see her later on that she's going yeah. on. But <laughs> it's very efficiently though. done. I, I love the thing that her thing is a pogo stick, which is going to come into play later. Yeah. I just That's love great. that little thing. It's mm. like, you know, she doesn't play Game Boy. It's, yeah, it's not she's an artist. Got... She's a pogo sticker. She's a pogo <laughs> sticker. And that, this is this is as this attack begins, right? Then we see her, like, bouncing down the... Um, bouncing down the road and they have to run up and sort of tackle her off it and then it gets sucked into the ground and then spat back out and that's mm. what begins this attack on this house which then sees is when all the shells get pushed over and um, Rhonda goes out of the window um, when she gets all those injuries now how do it's in a mixture of saving Mindy and Rhonda isn't it that she gets tangled up in the yeah that's before the attack on the shop so they go out to rescue oh, yeah, Mindy because Melvin screamed and that's when they realise that Melvin isn't taking the piss this time because he's yeah. got a cut leg and he's up the... Uh, yeah, he's up on top of that shed thing. looking a bit um, sheepish. I would have I would have yeah. not checked on him at that point. I've been like, then, nah. then, then they just hear the pogo stick going. And yeah. They got rescued. And yeah, and then during the course of that, that's when Rhonda gets caught up in the barbed wire and they eventually all make it back to the shop. And that's when he's cleaning her wounds and then the fridge goes off and that's what brings the uh, rebels to the it. shop and then Rhonda gets knocked out of the window and they think she's dead but then she's climbing up the water she's tower she's up on, up on the water tower has been lent some more jeans at that point though so she's yeah. alright um, you know a, a, this movie had formed in the previous previous decade she would have been trouserless for the for the remainder of that film There's yeah, been a she'd lot have been in a thong and yeah for some reason, her top would have had to come off as well. She would. She would have been the. They would have chosen someone who looked like um, Val's ideal girlfriend. She would have just been cast if this had been a nineteen eighties movie. Things had moved on. Well, Things see, the thing she's not unattractive, but they do make her. You know, they plane her up quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, like not... 80s, 80s, 90s movies loved doing that as well, didn't they? Like, clearly an attractive person, and they've just gone, Look, I yeah, play. It's, it's not quite like she's all that with the uh, no, and glasses, and <laughs> she just tied her hair back. <laughs> yeah, and they've, got they've, had, they've had to go really hard, they've had to go really hard, and they've had to put like a big blob of well, like, not unattractive, maybe unglamorous is possibly yeah. a better mm -hmm. term. Um, yeah, she's 
grubbing about in the dirt in the desert. So yeah, she's she's what a uh, practical seismologist grad student would be doing and looking like probably. Yeah. Um, it, it's not Denise Richards in The War Is Not Enough. It's not Christmas oh, yeah. Jones. Christmas Jones. <laughs> Uh, Doctor Christmas Jones, Ben. I might always forget that that nuclear is scientist. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I believe you. Of course you are. Um. Okay, and is this when? So when they're all up on the roof, on the various roofs as well, that is when they contact Bert and Heather. Yeah. To, to kind of warn them that that the worms are. Well, initially, like Heather does see that everyone's like up on the the roof, isn't she? And she. What are they doing up there? What are they doing there? Someone's going on. Is that just a little game they're playing? Even though they've obviously already seen, well, they've only seen the small. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't seen the full size. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they they put the bullets in. I don't understand. I'm not a guns guy. Do you know what this does? You put this this in there and it shakes the bullets up like a big din. Yeah, ammo cleaner or something like that. I don't know. A bit like a rock cleaner, I guess. I don't know. Again, not a gun guy at all. No, <laughs> me neither. And I didn't. Yeah, what does it do? Makes the bullets more killy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, these bullets are only eighty percent killy. Put them in the shaker. Killy these bullets. Put them in the yeah. Sort of. <laughs> Maybe um, it's like a soda stream for for bullets. Oh, these bullets have gone a bit flat. Put them in here or shake them up. <laughs> Fizz them up like tins of pop. I love Real that Kevin bag. Bacon tells them to get on the roof, but instead of that, they start grabbing guns to make yeah. a stand. I was just—I was stressed out by this. I was like, "No, no, just get on the roof. What are you doing?" Um, because yeah, they're clearly as conspiracy theorists as well. They're—they're they're clearly like, "I'm not going to believe anything until." Well, yeah, it's kind of strange, isn't it? They are conspiracy theorists, but at the same time, they're like, "I don't believe what you're saying until it bursts in." To be fair, that's most conspiracy theorists, though. Isn't it? <laughs> if yeah, it's they, not a conspiracy, they like you know that's have true, invested yeah. in. So they—they—they're saying what were you saying? They're under the ground. Okay. I can't see anything. It's because they're under the ground. And then they come in through the basement wall. If this was Tremors, the video game, this would be a great boss battle yeah. that we have here. They oh, have a little either. they have a little boss fight with it. They use all the weapons. You know it's serious when people with a wall full of guns. Remember thinking this watching the film as a kid. So these are people who have all these guns and weapons. And then there's one of them that even in their house is kept behind glass. Yeah. <laughs> the elephant gun. <laughs> the elephant gun, yeah. Wow. I do love when they radio back, they're like, we killed the mother humper. I just love Kevin Bacon's thing of like, that's great, but be advised, there's still two more. Two more mother two humpers. Two more mother like, humpers. <laughs> wow. Just the radio conversation that is when they do get on the roof and like Heather is talking to Val on the radio and then like Val is like leaning off and like yeah, shooting. still trying to shoot it through the ground. <laughs> it's like, will you stop doing that? And he goes, oh, I, th- I think I scared him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, even the elephant gun won't go through dirt, apparently. It's the best bullet stoppers there are, so if you're in any combat situation, cover yourself in earth. Yeah, bury yourself. That's it, It'll and that's fine. when the Graboids start trying to figure out the thing, so they take out Bert's truck. Yeah, yeah. they're popping and the tyres, aren't they? They start going Learning. through the buildings, so you see them attack the shop, mm. and then they move to Mindy's house, uh, Mindy and Mindy's mum's house, and then they go after Nesta. Stupid fucking it's Nesta. What- it's when they behave like this that you do. I am kind of interested in finding out a bit more about them as like the history of the creatures and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm I still it sort of adds to the to the horror element of it, I guess, which is the fear of the unknown, um, not knowing what they're capable of. One of them might fly. Who knows? 
Oh, well, well not this one. <laughs> not, not, not in this one. Um, are, are you serious? Is something? Is, is there a plan? You get a whole evolutionary cycle of them in the later films, so you get ass oh blasters and ones that can fly. In number three. In number three, they two. You get ass, ass blasters. blasters. Yeah, they're ass called blasters. ass blasters. That's yeah. really what they're Because that's how they fly out the bum. Well, they. Oh Jesus Christ! They do that rock. They're like. It sounds really stupid, and for a long time, I wasn't bothered with two because I was like, really, ass blasters. We're doing that. Are we fine? <laughs> it actually works really well and it number fits two, the tone of the film perfectly number two okay. they're like infrared velociraptors yeah they're like little leggy ones and they can see you with infrared jesus it's like a na- it feels like a natural evolution it doesn't feel like you're being cheated into them doing it just for a gimmick of having something different it's really good yeah it, um, it actually feels like it works but yeah there's three stages what, of their life cycle what about shriekers what are they they are the same they're the ones, ones that can fly yeah oh no shriekers are the infrared walkies from that's it, yeah. yeah. Sorry, so yeah. and then they turn into I don't I have not seen it recently enough to know how Shriekers become ass blasters. I think it's just the evolution of it, and then the ass blasters eventually become the Tremors worms. Wow. There you go, see, there's a whole just life cycle. Starts oh, around again. I see. Uh, okay. I was thinking it I was thinking the other way around, but yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I, the more we discuss this, the more I am kind of interested to see the sequel. Get on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen the second one, but like a long, long time ago. But I've definitely so the not first seen four are ever. great. Once the Stampede guys, so the guys behind this film and everything up to the fourth one and the TV series, yeah. once they took it away from them, I think originally it was going to be a remake and then they did it as a sequel instead with whatever the fifth one was called. I can't remember the name. Bloodlines. Bloodlines, that's it. Yeah, Bloodlines, yeah. Cold Day in Hell, Shrieker Island. They got rid of the numbers for Cold but, Day in Hell. They went to yeah, six now. They there's just something a bit nastier and less fun about it. Yeah. Okay. These films, you know, even though people are dying, it feels like good fun. Whereas in the later films, it just feels a bit yeah. unpleasant. Oh, I see. And I think yeah, you do well... you do get that this there is like a niceness to these films, like you know, it just the way that the comedy works out, the way that and this is why I thought you were saying about where we are in the movie. So this is when Nesta gets he has found his safe space after his uh, after the caravan he's on top of gets pulled over, he gets off the ground onto a big like tractor tire, but so gets slurped through the middle, and we hear him underground. You know, even that, even that little bit, it just adds that little, little seasoning of comedy to it that we hear. This man has been killed by a horrible worm that's eaten him, but the fact that we hear him underground going whoa, yeah, yeah. like he's gone down the flume at the water park. Um, I suppose when you get taken ass first, it's. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's something to shout about, I guess. But you hear him, un- you hear him underneath the ground getting, yeah. um, getting eaten up, and it's Melvin's reaction here, where he's like, you know, oh, you guys got to do something. He seems upset. That's why I came away thinking, oh, that's his dad. But no. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Melvin's an oddity. The parentage of Melvin. <laughs> and then, but then moments later, they're like, oh, how do we get him away from the house? Like. Hey Melvin, do you want to go for a walk? And he's like, just sell that guy. Fucking hate that kid. Like say Melvin. I reckon if things had got like ten minutes more desperate without another plan, they would have been like trying to throw rocks at him or something, trying to knock him off the roof. You know he'd have been the first one chucked off the rocks in a little while. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So they. The, the the tires have been popped they realize that okay one the next opportunity they got they can't stay 
Um, by the t- even if Burton Heather could have got away and their tires hadn't been burst, there'd have been that the shock that they're all hiding on would have been slurped off underground. They'd have been killed long before they get back. So they come up with a plan to set off uh, Chen's um, tractor that he had to distract the graboids, and then they will get the great again. They will get the the caterpillar, the um, like the bulldozer that they have, which we saw at the beginning when they were digging a trench for the thing. There again, nothing that said that that had to have been in there. A lesser film would have just said, "Oh, we got a bulldozer," but we saw yeah. it. We know they have it. Yeah, exactly. It's all so so, so well planned. Uh, they do rocks as a paper. This is where Val loses and be like, "Oh well, I." Uh, I lost. I have to go, um, and then they, no, no, the the guy says no, no. I I I choose who's going, but whatever the outcome would have been, he was going. Wow. Yeah. And what oh, yeah, do? Gives he, him a gives him he, a wins him. Gives him a gives him a swift jab. And doesn't I mean in many ways a terrible crime. Not respecting the outcome of rock scissors paper. <laughs> you do you say rock scissors paper? Because I say rock paper scissors. Yeah, I say rock paper scissors. Apparently, I would have thought written down, I would have said rock, paper, scissors, but apparently that's not what I say. <laughs> rock, scissors, paper. Say, wait, what do you say again? Say again. I don't know how I've been saying it now. I was give it rock, paper, scissors, rock, scissors, no, paper. Rock, scissors, paper. <laughs> because it's because even though each one has an equal chance of defeating the other one, I always think of like rock as the best one. Rock's the best one. Oh, Ben, you've given it away now. Now people know how to defeat you. <laughs> If, if, oh, no. if any listeners meet you, they'll be like, oh, you'll be like that when Bart and Lisa are playing. It'd be like, ah, Ben, it always goes rock. And if Ben, if yeah, ben said, good exactly. old rock, you never let good me old down. Rock, you never let me down. <laughs> and it says in a second, and only, only losers go for paper, right? Because why would you? See, that's what you do. You go, for, you go for a paper. You know that's and your it, weakness, Ben. And if someone goes for paper, you go, how dare you? How dare you? If they yeah. beat you with paper, disgraceful. And then you get those people who absolute cards, absolute ca- ca- chaos, agents of chaos when they go and throw something in there isn't one of rock, paper, or scissors and you go, you're an idiot. If someone does do that, that when you're playing rocks as a paper, you can kick them in the crotch. That's yeah. what the law states, actually. They immediately lose, I think, with that. Oh, I've done fire. Oh, I've done dynamite. You're an idiot. Yeah, you don't respect you can the just, rules. You know, especially, Steve, you've been watching some classic James Bond, you can just flatten your hand. You Maybe if it's been paper and just karate chop them in the neck. Yeah. So you do okay. a proper Roger Moore 70s karate chop. That's yeah. <laughs> if it... Someone's done it. And if you've got scissors and they've done damage, you can poke the them ice. in the eyes. Yeah. And if it's, if, it's, if it's rock punch, <laughs> you can that. just assault them with whatever you have if they've done something which is not one of the established three. Them's the rules. But yeah, Val disrespects in a different way. He doesn't do nuclear bomb or anything like that he does he just pretends that he's being a good sport thumps Earl and then um, and then legs it to the almost to the trailer but then the grab boys catch up with him and again moment this that I'll good. always remember doing that bit yeah. where he stands still and they're coming and then he's like lifting up a leg to try and like yeah. avoid them finding him the way the tentacle just suddenly swoops back round, and he has to quickly lift his leg. And... Yeah, it's, it's a nicely like, little you... tense scene. It doesn't go on too long either, so it's yeah, it's very tense. It's that, that perfect no... length before you're like, yeah, right, this is getting silly now. 
yeah, he's not like, like Dune dancing, like hand doing a handstand. It's not quite that bad. Nothing like Dune either, where you just have to do a funny little weird <laughs> avant-garde, like weird walk, capoeira walk. That's very silly. Is that your trick? Um, Is that your trick? They go, uh, I don't know where he is. No, but then he's saved by, is it Rhonda kicks the drain pipe off yeah, the wall? Yeah, she starts emptying the water tower. Yeah, because yeah, they say so, we need to dis- cause a distraction. In the, uh... So they get all shouting abuse at them at first, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you My mother was class. a saint. <laughs> I do love that people keep asking Rhonda questions about it because she's a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like, how do they do this? How do they know we're here? It's like, why are you all asking? Yeah, it's just, it's good. I also feel like it's very well addressed to audiences. Like you can imagine watching this as someone and someone saying, oh, well, how were they supposed to know? And she's she's done what you might do as you were talking to her. Why are you asking me? Because, I mean, with the exception of Rhonda, all the characters are idiots. They're lovable idiots, but they're all idiots. Even Bert and Heather are idiots. Mm. <laughs> um but yeah, they they get the they get the cat up, they get the cat. They manage to attach like an old truck to it, and they victoriously they're they're driving out. They go and see they go and pick up Bert and Heather. And they take a frustrating line. You could see they were coming in that bulldozer for ages. You could have been ready when to go. They're picking which guns to take. <laughs> it's like, what do you reckon? Oh, yeah. This one or this one? Like, well, this one's got great penetration. <laughs> I take this less ammo to carry. Um, I love the bit of score in that as well. Just that heroic music. Yes. Score underrated, I would say, the score yeah. is in this. Not by us. We love it. But um, it it comes as a surprise to me. You don't see it maybe listed in some of the... I think because it wasn't available scores. for so long. Like, as a standalone CD release. So the other thing with Tremors is there's very little merchandise to go with it beyond the films. You know, you you think it'd be set up for like Funko Pops, action figures, graboid yeah. monsters. What am I not seeing? Like what? a what are the Ben? You've got a you've got a teenager. What are the things called now that are like plushy things that you can get? That Squishmallows. Also... Squishmallows. I knew you'd know that. Where is my graboid Squishmallow? Please. On yeah. one of the Tremors groups I'm on, there was for a while a graboid's Willy Warmer. So you basically you could turn your knob into a graboid. Imagine doing Obviously that. Obviously not Earth not officially licensed. <laughs> not licensed property. What, I mean, are people are people wearing this just for a laugh? Are they using it in some sort of intimate situation? I, where I, I'm not going to kink shame anybody. You know, Willie. I love that. Uh, it's that Willy angel thing of you know anything you invent at some point somebody will find a way to make pornography on it, but. It's kind I mean, of the same thing of people being like, anything remotely phallic, they're going to make it so you can put it on your dick. I mean, from a practical effects point of view, if you were doing like a, if you were doing like a Lego version of <laughs> that and you had a sand pit. Right, if Andy good. ever asked you if you want to watch his low budget remake of Tremors, <laughs> say no. <laughs> Willy Warmer. What was the, what was, sorry, I'm going to just ask you loads of questions about the Willy Warmer now. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> no, no the, you're wrong there. What was the gen- general uh, response from the, the, the Facebook group to the Willy Warmer? Were people happy about it? Were they really I, I, I think it got a lot of love. I think it was like a knitted thing, but <laughs> it, it was like a few years ago. <laughs> you guys do realise that now you've said this in 
within earshot of your phones or smart speakers in your house. We're all getting recommended this from like Wish. <laughs> I just ordered a box of them from Amazon by mistake. <laughs> yeah. A box of them. Well, if you've got are any they spare, si- are they single use? <laughs> if you, if, you know, if you've got a box of them, we got to do some sort of giveaway. I say you, you never know when you need you know, Secret Santa or something like that. Yeah. Oh, if you do, yeah, if you've got a box, as Ben says, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do a giveaway. Retweet the yeah. retweet the link to this episode. We'll pick someone. Five lucky winners. Five lucky winners. Five lucky winners. I've never ever been like that. Branded. This part of me is a bit chilly. Just this part. Nothing. Nothing else. And this needs. Just put a pair of trousers on there, will you? No, no, no. Oh, in this economy, Ben, my legs are really hot, but this bit's really cold. Really... Yeah. <laughs> Well, what have you been doing? Don't ask. That is, uh, I'm, I, I feel like I need to Google it. I'm going to Google it. Screw it. Well, is it officially called a willy warmer? Uh, that I like mean, a... that, that might be a local terminology for it. But... I oh. mean, I think it's got a good alliterative. It I looks mean, like. I guess you could also call it a cock cozy. That'd work. <laughs> also alliterative. It looks like on Etsy there's a huge selection. I don't, I can't see a Tremors one. Are there any Tremors ones? But my God, I've never seen anything like. Oh my Jesus Christ! I'd say this was a few years ago, so it's quite possible Universal shut them down by now. (laughs) Oh wait, no, I found it. I think. Wait, no. Oh, I think. I think this might just be a crocheted version of one. It's not necessarily a Willy Warmer. Still, it's great, and it feels like you could use it. I I think the one was crocheted, so. They're probably not selling them as willy warmers, I but I can't think of anything else that would be more warm. To be fair, so I don't know what else you do with it. It's too much to be a hand puppet. So there's a snake one you can get here. There's a crocodile <laughs> one. Andy's just looking. I'm so recently, glad I derailed recent, this episode. Andy's just looking at his recently viewed items. That's all he's doing. He didn't even. Have, he didn't even have to open a new tab. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a there's a minions one as well. So not all licensed oh, ones have been no, shut down. That's, that's one step too far. That is. <laughs> A minions one, no, absolutely not. No, couldn't take anything oh, to... as if I need to make a laughing stock of my genitals anymore. <laughs> as if I need to, I'm, I'm not. I mean, would, Charlie find, <laughs> would Charlie find your genitals more or less amusing if they were dressed as a minion? <laughs> I reckon it's on a par, I reckon it's just like it could get any worse. I'm joking, of course, of maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, right. Willy Warmer, what happens next? Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure. I remember. No, they... they they eventually get Bert and Heather onto the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bert decides if he's going to bring his crocodile or his snake, Willy Warmer. And they, uh, they get on there and they're driving <laughs> along. And then victoriously, they're seeing the remaining graboids. They're like puffs of smoke in the distance. They're like, ha, sucked in graboids. It yeah. is not them, the graboids that have been sucked in. It's them, and they've dug a trap, a trench that the um, that the bulldozer falls into just before they get to solid rock. Yeah, um, and they have to basically make a run for the. Uh, they have to make a run for some rocks. They throw a bomb. Is that they throw the first bomb at this point to try and get them away, and then they run across with guns. Well, initially they um, doesn't. Bert sort of said, "This is what I'm going to do. If we get stuck here, I'm going to just walk out there." No, that's when they're on the rock. That's when they get trapped in the trailer. Uh, Okay, I've got you. I've got you. He throws one, it makes them run away, and then Rhonda says, "If they throw it in the direction they want to run, 
Yeah. It'll send them in the opposite direction, which would give them time. And they give Melvin yeah, the gun yeah, yeah. so that it'll make Good him idea. go. Yeah. And then, yeah, he runs across and then he, idiot Melvin, goes to like just blast the gun away at the at the grab boys as they run across, realizes it's empty. And then, but when the other side, I wouldn't give you a gun if it was World War Three. I, I do love not... when he gives the gun back to Bert, but checks it is, even though he knows it's empty, he just yeah. double checks it's empty before he puts it in his trousers. It's a <laughs> lovely little bit of gun safety. <laughs> that is great. Old Michael Gross. It's such, I mean, is he in, did we see Michael Gross in anything aside from Tremors? I mean, obviously, well, he's Family Ties was his whole career. Oh, I don't know Family Ties. Yeah, see, it didn't really have a show over here, but that was what he was, he was like America's dad. See, he was like a very. Oh, wow, yeah. so I think his seven. character in Family Ties is like a very Democrat, liberal dad. So this is like the polar opposite character. Hundred and seventy-one episodes he was in of that. Wow. And he's yeah, in he the out- guest spot. He was in the Outer Limits, Andy. Oh, I think I might have seen the one that's got him in it already. I've been in watching some of the nine. I've been watching some of the uh, Outer Limits. If I haven't seen, it, I'll have to look out for him when I get to that one. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So, what's up next? So, this is when you say, Ben, they, they're there at the rocks and they think, what are we going to do? We haven't got enough bombs to make it all the way to town. So, there's a bit of mm-hmm. infighting between them, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's that? Don't goddamn push me. <laughs> we could have stayed. <laughs> we could have made a stand. Like, we were ripped yeah. your goddamn oh, yeah. from, from beneath you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he talks about basically he's not going to die of starvation. He. Bert says he's going to go out there with one of those bombs and let him take me. And at first, it's like they're still being dicks to each other. And it's like, that's not a bad idea. No, no, no I mean the bomb idea. And they yeah. go and do some fishing. So they use one of the bombs. Uh, they throw it out on a piece of string. It gets slurped down by one of the graboids and it explodes. And a great comedy moment, right? So they've, they've not only had a win, and they're celebrating that the monster's been blown up, but then they all get showered in monster guts. Yeah. I love the bit before. He's like, "What have you got this fuse for?" It's like, oh, "It's my cannon fuse." It's like, "What do you use it for?" It's like, "My cannon." <laughs> Just the throwaway nature that yeah. Bert's got a cannon. He has a cannon in the house. That's great. Um, what did he bring so yeah, that? Yeah, that, that could have got the ground penetrate. You can imagine if he just put pointed it at the the wall of his uh, of the bunker when they've come in. Could have got. They could have. They could have made a stand down with Bert, but they they they're down to. They've got rid of one. The only graboid that is left is the one that is missing a snake tongue that had Stumpy. Yeah, old Stumpy mm. that had um that lost a snake to to their axle of their car at the start of the film. They throw a bomb, um, but Stumpy has learned and he gobs the bomb out into oh, yeah. with perfect aim. Yeah, so good. Check the wind and everything. Um, lobs it into their box of bombs and then they're all pretty much every well some of the others have just gone one way they all get back in but um, Val, Earl and Rhonda are just out in the middle of <laughs> to the point the where even Bert's out like, the middle of nowhere. what are you doing all the way out there <laughs> yeah they're out there and then between them they have um, they're out there and they throw the bomb let's go but then Val has an idea. He, he has goes, a plan. He's got a goddamn plan. Yeah, he goes sprinting off. Then he realizes um, that Earl goes with him. What are you doing? 
where is the where's the lighter Rhonda's unless she has it so somehow they've all got it mixed up they've all got different things between them they get the bomb Val uh, throws it leaves it a little bit late everyone's getting a bit uncomfortable but he throws it back at the cliff as Stooge mentioned at the top the very cliff that they pissed off at the, he pissed off at the very beginning throws yeah. it behind the the graboid which Rhonda shared earlier it's not that they run because they're afraid of it, because they're so sensitive to sound it hurts them, they have to run. Um, it charges forward massively, uh, comes out of the ground and goes flying into oblivion, and we get a really satisfying monster splat. Big old monster splat, yeah. This is one of the nice gore details as well, of his innards. Yeah. The little see-through sacks. And... They, did, they did such a good job of building it. Like, I feel like like this if ever movie. people are like our oh, practical effects aren't great, it's like look at Tremors. There's yeah. no CGI in that film at all. 100%. And I, like... I just looked at this while we were going through it. You know how many, how much money Tremors was made for? Oh, it was nothing, was it? It was like low end, like fifteen million, something like that. Even less, ten million, which 10 is more million, money than yeah. I'll ever see. But, um, but yeah, that's that's incredible. But like. For a 90s movie, there were films that were far more expensive than this by this time. Another thing that was worth mentioning as well, um, that I've completely forgot about until now, was the way they talk about the Graboids stinking as well. Yeah. It was really good because it really did like that sort of dry... I could just imagine being there in this horrible dry desert scenario and sort of smelling the disgusting Graboids as well, especially when they blow up. What do you reckon the uh, Graboid smells like? Back of a cinema? I reckon it smells like um, egg. Yeah, a bit <laughs> back, of a, back of a cinema. Back of, uh, I don't know if you've ever had cause to walk around the back of a cinema. It absolutely stinks. What, just like a horrible popcorn? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Maybe it was just the cinema that was used to be on our way to walk in Tamworth. <laughs> I'd just be like, avoid this little way to walk. Then it's, the it's the way. Thinks, it's the way you got. You got to get over the stench, you know. That's how. That's how it goes. I reckon a bit eggy, a bit like sulfur egg, yeah. and then guts, blood and guts, <laughs> egg uh, and guts, egg and guts. Oh, I recognise that. Egg and guts takes me back to Tremors. <laughs> Wonderful movie. <laughs> uh, but but stinks. But stinks, and that's it. They win. They win. Um, we have a little closing scene where the next day. Val, Val is now dressed in an entirely white cowboy suit. Okay, let's let's go like now. Virgin. He looks like a he looks yeah. like a born again Christian. <laughs> yeah. The like Milky Bar Madonna kid. video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there we go. So yeah, the they it looks like he's he's gone a bit shy and he's not going to do it. Um, and then he does go to speak to Ronda and they they kiss. And in many oh, ways, yeah. as much it as could... I would have loved to have seen these guys again, it's kind of a nice ending for them. Originally, yeah. it didn't end that way. Originally, it ended not? with them driving off. And then um, oh, no. Val realises they haven't got the lighter, and that's his excuse to go back to Ronda. Because uh, okay. if well, you look, time... anything you that shot at that end where you can't see the town in the background was shot about six months later. So Kevin Bacon's got a wig on under the hat. So his, his hair nice. slightly differently because apparently notice. the test audience were like they didn't they didn't kiss. Uh, okay. It's like they, they should have kissed. Well, he needs Hi. Earl to to kind of urge him to do it as well, and he kind of goes to walk. Like away I'm building up on it. I do like how he grabs all his photos, trying to casually just chuck them away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Screw yeah. Up and then just then? lobs them in the truck. 
Yeah, and that's it. Happy. That's it. Ending. Get a Reba McIntyre song and is it fade to black? Yeah, it's really good. Do you reckon that was in uh, her contract? I don't know, but I suppose if you're doing a country thing and you've got Reba McIntyre in your film, you get her to sing a song. Yeah, See, I didn't know this. I've gone that... all these years never knowing that. You know, no, that that oh, Heather herself know. was on the on the. Apparently, right, she's been dubbed the, the queen, the queen of country. Is her title? There we go. Nice one. Uh, that's the end. Um, yep. Lovely, happy ending. Andy, do we have any name game, and do we need to explain the format of name game to Stu? I've got three entries for name game. Uh, I've got some name today. game as well. So basically. Stu, if you're not familiar, but also for regular listeners, just a, a recap, a refresh is always good. We will explain the synopsis of a movie which sounds something like Tremors, but isn't Tremors. So based on our synopsis, you have to work out what the name of the film is. It will sound like Tremors, rhyme with Tremors, essentially. Sometimes uh, Rhyme is a strong word. Rhyme is a strong word, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it gets very, very ridiculous. Um, but I'm usually on the receiving end of it, so I've got some as well today. So, yeah. what are you saying, Andy? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, sure, go uh, for it. Have you got the the little synopsis for us, Ben? If you could read it out, that will go. Yes, from of there. course. So, natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures. Okay. Um... In this film, natives of a of an isolated rural town defend themselves from um, large men in formal wear, ever so good at singing. Pavarotti and his mates turn up in town. Tenors, tenors, correct. <laughs> Very nice. I mean, that would be pretty scary if they just like emerge from the. Uh... They can do a note <laughs> from the ground. What? <laughs> They can do a note for ages, then get in your house, smash your whole house down once they'd learned. Yeah. Okay. I've got one for you. Uh, Natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures who are also reality TV stars named Chris and Kylie. Jenners. Jenners, yeah. Jenners, correct. Which may be the most horrific film I've ever heard of. (laughs) <laughs> just imagine just emerging from the let's get it made yeah <laughs> Stu's like no without the Kardashian clan it's just not the same <laughs> that's the half no. of the family I'm least interested in thank you <laughs> um, I also had Jenna's because there's not really things that rhyme with Tremors but I've got one more for you okay. um, natives of a small town um, are really uh, forced to defend themselves from a series of inflamed blood vessels in their anuses, but they refer to them quite um, casually. They come up with a nickname for them. Blood vessels in their anuses? <laughs> yeah, they rupture blood vessels in their anuses. Um, and but To get over the trauma, they come up with kind of informal nicknames for them. <laughs> Am I supposed to know what this is? Is it like a... Is, it, is anus definitely key to this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely essential. That's an audio clip to isolate and cut out. Our anus <laughs> is definitely essential. They're pretty essential to everything. Yeah, we've all got them. <laughs> Even these graboids have got them, all right? To be fair, in the picture on the Wikipedia of the graboids, it does have a little, it does show you where the anus is of the graboid. Um, 
So but in this I, case, the, the members of the town, they've not been getting enough fibre, they've had to strain too hard, and they've really inflamed themselves down there. I mean, all I can think of is, is hemorrhoids. And if you were being quite informal, hammers, correct. Hammers. <laughs> Mother of God. Oh, sorry, Doctor. I've got a really bad case of the hammers down there. The hammers. Uh, oh, Weirdly, Jenna's is still the most disturbing zone in one of those three pictures. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, okay. Well, well, I had tenors as well, but mine was the tenors as in like money. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Someone they open their birthday cards. They open a birthday card and and they have to pretend that they don't realize the money falls onto their lap. Oh, what's that? Ten quid? Jesus. Okay. This is a different one. Natives of a small isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, um, but they are helped by a Jewish prince. Jewish prince. Who managed to help them escape on a chariot of fire? I mean, I, maybe I don't know very many Jewish princes. I didn't know he was a Jewish prince either, to be fair, until I until I googled him. I've really, I'm really reaching with this one as well. By the way, <laughs> chariot of fire, chariot. Of, how does that? How does the tune go? <laughs> That's the do, 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 do. that's Chariots of Fire, right? That's it, exactly. What film's that from? Isn't it from Chariots, Chariots of Fire? fire. <laughs> uh, with what's his name? What's his name in it? I Come on! No. <laughs> is, is the film called Chariots of Fire? Because if if it is, it then is. I'm completely. Oh. Isn't it called Chariots of Fire? That yeah. film. Forget forget the Chariots of Fire bit. Just on a chariot. Famous religious epic movie with some so, chariots. So Charlton Heston, that's it. Ben Hur. Also known as Stick those words together. Ben Hur. That's it. Right, I, I told managed... you I was reaching. Right, I managed and... to come up with one more off the top of the dome, Ben. So a <laughs> uh, the natives of a small town are forced to defend themselves from a series of collectible, mostly Star Wars toys. Um, little figures. Kenners. Kenners, correct. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, should we call it a day there? Because I reckon I that's, like, that's time. On, I feel on like Kenners. I, on Kenners. Just, <laughs> we've peaked. Just, just, we've peaked. Well, the peak was, was low, but still, we got there. Um, there we go. So that is Tremors. Next thing we've got to do now is just rate the movie from A to F. Um, Stu, you already said it was a five star masterpiece. So, where are you going to sit on? Well, your I'm rating? assuming A is high and it is low. Yes. So, so can... yeah, I mean, it's it's an A plus plus. Oh, it's it's pretty much it within its genre. It is a perfect it's... movie. It's a perfect creature feature. Has anyone ever given an A plus plus, Andy? Is that making a mockery of the? Oh, all right, I'll, I'll go A. System. If, no, if A is the very can... top. You can do you can do you can do an A plus. I wasn't trying to talk I've not I've not configured the spreadsheet for an A plus plus. Well, I didn't oh. know A plus plus was a thing until like, no. we had my kids put my oldest child parents evening the other day, and like you could be on a course for an A plus plus. It's like that's a oh, fucking wow. thing. They just invented an A plus plus. I would have thought that especially. Know, it, it, it feels a little area. bit like you know we need to go a little bit higher. It's got I would too have thought, easy. Like, are they going to do? I thought they would have gone like a video game route, and if you've got classed an A plus, it becomes an S rank. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> And it's and it shines gold. They have to use a gold pen to write it. But A plus plus. I'm gonna have to rethink wow. the entire scoring system. <laughs> but either way, maximum marks for tremors. It's it's an amazing you... creature. You watch this and Deep Rising together. 
perfect double bill as well. Oh, Deep Rising, Deep Rising is like tremors at the sea on the sea, but we have covered Deep Rising on the show as well. And I think for some reason, I think I recently looked back at what episode that was. Um, because I think it maybe celebrated a birthday recently, didn't it? Uh, episode 87 of the show, we covered Deep Rising. Nice. It's weird that we covered Deep Rising so long ago and we've only just got around to Tremors, but there you go. <laughs> uh, Andy, where do you sit? Uh, I'm also in A territory for Tremors. You know what? You know what? I'm going nice. to join still on, a, on an A plus because you're right for the genre oh. that it's in. Bloody love Tremors, and I've got such such fond memories of it. The practical effects have actually dated fantastically. I like the comedy of it. I, it's a movie that I'm always going to want to watch. I think Stu nailed it. Like if I put the TV on, it's up there with films that it wouldn't matter where in the movie it was on. It's like oh, I'm going to watch then. I'm going to watch this through to the end now. Like if you ever catch Jurassic Park on telly, it's up yeah. there. It's so good, and I have such fond memories. I think I was. Hmm the exact right age for this. So in 1990, I would have been turning seven. So by the, you know, give it a couple mm-hmm. of years. I'm like seven, eight years old by the time I, I'm catching this on DHS. It's, it was so much fun to watch. So many of my mom's cushions crushed and stomped on so many, <laughs> so many like almost head injuries from like falling off tables, <laughs> especially when it's like, can I get all the way upstairs without and you're sort oh, of yeah. on the the edges of the steps try, trying to like wheedle your way up the stairs? It's a dangerous did you, game. Did you pretend to add you as well and like almost get dragged down? No, I think as a kid, you don't want to lose a game, especially not one of your own making. So it's like, oh, I got off just in time. <laughs> if you've never gotten a sleeping bag, pretending the graboid's got you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh wow, you guys are absolutely loving this. So I'm gonna go for Again, it's one of those where after chatting through it with you guys, it's made me appreciate it a lot more. But I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go for a B plus. I mean, I could go, go for it. I mean, Ben's maybe... kind of dead inside, isn't he? Yeah, I've I been mean... dead inside for a long time, Stu. <laughs> um, and I don't wish to talk about it any further because it brings up a lot of bad memories. He's <laughs> grown up plus... without Willie Warmer in his in his life for now. <laughs> If I had a Willy Warmer, I'd be much happier. Okay? Yeah, got... Willy... My Willy would be warm. And, he's got, uh, he's got a classic case of crotch coldness there, and that's why he's lukewarm on this one. It's actually burning right now. Maybe I should get that soon too. Um, B plus, maybe peer pressure is making me want to go A minus a little bit. I'm just going to, based on like what I've ranked it on like Letterboxd after You know, after you can edit those, right? Times. <laughs> nah, I can't. It's never too late it's locked in. Um, Beast, Beast probably, Fair, I mean, it, as a film, plus, it's not perfect, but as a film in its genre, it's... I think, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. As a film, and it's made me appreciate a lot of the, the writing's really good, the characters are great, the effects are great, it's genuinely quite tense, and as I said, there are moments of, like, joy. It's joyous, in especially that pole vault scene. It's awesome. Um, I'm just thinking about where it sits alongside like other films in the genre, and it is right up there, isn't it? So, but in terms of like the horror genre, I'm just going to stick with a B plus. Yeah, it As probably said, fits more like technically... with like the 50s creature features yeah. kind of thing. It's very much yeah. got that 50s vibe, but with a nine, late 80s, mm. 90s kind of feel to it. It's 100%. one of those films, if you're around somebody's house and they're like, do you want to watch Tremors? And you say no, it's like, it's not worth living anymore. Then you... so they go, what's that, Ben? B plus, get out. Um... <laughs> no, I'm just going to go to bed then, let yourself out. 
I mean, as, as a film in itself, it's like a perfect three-star movie. But, I mean, I've got... You've got that thing of, yeah. like you say, the nostalgia. I caught it at the perfect age. I think if you catch it between like the ages of eight and 13, yeah. you're in that perfect wheelhouse for that. You'll always have a fond memory of it. See, that's and that's and that's it for me. Like you're right. Like all films in the universe, it probably is like a three star movie. But I've come to a decision recently that I, <laughs> that I now rate films based on how much I enjoyed them versus how good they are. Yeah, because you know what? Like yeah. let's take it. Absolute masterpieces of cinema, like uh, thinking of things that won Oscars. Top of my head, things like Gladiator. Really good film. Ain't ever gonna watch it again. Ben it's like 2001, great film, but it's not one I'm going to chuck on to I mean, yeah. kill a couple of hours or something and yeah. unwind. Yeah. Tremors, on the other hand. Speak exactly. <laughs> watch it Watch it anytime it comes up. Like I know I'm always going to watch that movie and it will be a lovely time. Arguably, I would much rather watch Chopping more than The Godfather. It goes on a little bit for me. Chopping more has got some robots. <laughs> You're never going to say, I just really fancy watching Schindler's List. Yeah. I just had a day. And I just I'm really in the mood. <laughs> I just want to kick back, relax, and watch Shinder's List. All right, don't judge me. For I that. mean, there possibly is some people that would, you know, that is yeah. their feel-good movie, but weirdos. The, the, uh... the less said about those kind of people, the better. Schindler's <laughs> ancestors. Oh, I wonder what Uncle Uncle Schindler was up to. Let's look for him for some inspiration. <laughs> right there we go. Then that's Tremors. Um, Stu, where can we find? Where can our listeners find? Sorry, more from you and uh, your show online and the, uh, you can find and why, and not, why not if you just search and why not pod on all the social medias it should come up on there we've got a facebook group um we're on twitter instagram I believe we've got a tiktok now as well which my eldest child mostly does stuff for i think there's like two videos on there oh, um nice. yeah and you can find the podcast by just searching and why not film pod it should come up it should come up as and why not but it's also a fairly generic title which i realized this far into it <laughs> But yeah, if you search and why not, we'll it. then put like tremors or something sure. at the end. We will put we'll put the links to uh the show in the show notes as awesome. well. Thank so you. people can find it easily. I've just got to see off all the other and why not podcasts and then once they're all once they've all been eliminated, Highlander style. You haven't got to try I think we might be the only and why not, but a lot of the search engines pick up any variation of why not those three words and then bury us ass deep in it sometimes. <laughs> There we go. Okay. We're gradually building up the list, so we are getting nice. further to the top. So we do should come up now. So. Nice one. Well, thanks for joining us, Stu. It's been fun. Um, yeah, thank thanks for having you. Me no problem at all. Thanks, everybody else, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, including John Crinnan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bursch, Pazuzu, and Rosalind Harnias. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on all the social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, so follow us on there, Horror Hangout Podcast. Uh, Next week, we'll be covering Howling 2 with returning guest Janine Pipe. Looking forward to that. Um, but for now, thanks to Stu and Andy for being right horror dudes. Thanks, Ben. You too. Thanks to all the right horror dudes out there. Bye for now, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Don't let a graboid get you. Yeah, yeah. Please walk on your furniture on the way up to bed shortly. <laughs> See you later. Bye.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.